Ready, Dave? Everybody. What's up? <laughs> this is, I'm laughing because of uh, private reasons. <laughs> this is Jordan Cooper. Do I ever say my last name? I guess I do. You this just is, did. I don't like my name. This is Jordan. I like my name. It's one of the few things I like about myself. <laughs> um, this is Dave Fox. Dave Fox. Dave has a great name. Two yeah. syllables. It's my real name, too. Yeah. I, just <laughs> I don't think anyone didn't think it was your real name. Some people ask if it's a stage name. It's true. Um, Don't look at me like that. So this is a really crazy episode. We're going to jump right in. Um, so the last episode we did was an interview with Mr. Bill, Mr. Bill Krause. Krause. And uh, man, people seem to really like that one. I'm very happy with it. One for the record books. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts on re-listening to it when we were preparing it? I thought it was really great. I just loved uh, listening to him. He's got a nice tone and, uh, to his voice, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> unlike, Soothing. Unlike me. I thought it was a good, interesting conversation. And it seems like the people at home agree. And we got a yep. lot of interviews coming up that are go yeah. goddamn exciting. There's one we did recently that I thought was so fun and kind of weird. And I'm very excited about it. I Vibrant. Think Dave knows what I'm talking about. But it was really in and out. It was very quick. My mom. But it was like very... We interviewed my mom asking her what she thought of Jordan. So... To, the last one we did was was Bill Krause interview, and during the setting up of that interview, Bill kept emailing us all this stuff. Like yes. it's kind of kind of like an embarrassment of riches. Yes. Um, you know, I wouldn't be too embarrassed if I was rich. I'd be pretty. <laughs> I'd be pretty happy. I'd be okay it. with it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he sent us a lot of. What a stupid term. <laughs> he sent us a lot of photos, which I've yes. been posting on our Twitter. Don't let's pod. Go to it now, everyone. And he he's sent us some uh, audio material that we're still figuring out what we want to do with because it's kind of crazy and I don't I don't know so well that's all I'll hint at there. But he also sent us so the thing that jumped out to me the most and I don't know if he thought this was going to be a big deal or what because I don't I don't know if he knows like what the fans know or don't know yeah. or have. But this episode is about something that Bill sent us, which is lists of songs handwritten there's two lists that are handwritten where i think it's his handwriting mm -hmm. where he was just kind of noting the songs they had like in the bank i think right. now he didn't exactly remember like he he's like i think this might have been when we were preparing the first album and i was like trying to think of everything we had mm -hmm. and then there's a second list where he's like i think we were trying to come up with a set list but you know right. like it's so live stuff yeah so we're not positive the mm -hmm. context of the list and neither is bill um um, one of the lists says TMB songs on the top. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why I think that's a list of like, what's every song we could possibly think TMB, of. TMB, no G? No, no G. You heard it here G. first. <laughs> so this episode is about going through this song list because there's some surprising things on this list yeah. that are rare songs that me and Dave want to talk about. Also, the other thing I thought is this is kind of an idea I've been having for the show, which is this is kind of like a grab bag of mm -hmm. songs. And I thought it'd be fun if as a little like, you know, surprise thing every once in a while we do a grab bag episode because they might be giants have a lot of songs that are kind of not unclassified yeah they're kind of out there yeah. and they're we're either on clock radio right. or they're on their podcast or a movie soundtrack and i thought it'd be fun like to have a surprise grab bag of songs where i don't say what it'll be in the description and you're just gonna have to listen to the episode and so this is sort of the first of that though there is like a context to it so jordan would you say that this is the the rarest of the rare 80s stuff 
Yeah, we're I would. we're gonna talk about stuff that fans uh, don't even know about, which is really yeah. exciting. Now, you know, I like this show to have like super exclusive info because I think it's there's the problem with with they I'm might just be in giants it for the chuckles. Yeah, <laughs> the problem with they might be giants fans is they're so amazingly ravenous. studious and ravenous about the band that it's hard to find stuff they don't know already. Yeah. Um, this episode is gonna have stuff you guys don't know. Uh, it's gonna have stuff that I didn't know. There you go. And I try Googled all this stuff before, you know, throughout the week to make sure no one's ever brought it up. So there's a couple things that are new. Um, before we get to the list, though, there's just a yes, couple. Jordan. There's a new segment I want to uh, introduce <laughs> called, uh, what should it be called? Basically, I don't know. <laughs> basically, what's new, the new TMBG news oh. that have popped up while we're all doing right. this so that we can stay timely. Okay. You say you've got some very excellent news. So this is kind of weird. A mundane song was officially put up on the internet. Oh. And it was put up on YouTube with this striking picture of the band with John Linnell, young John Linnell, where he's got black hair in this. Yes. And I thought it was a pretty awesome song. So I just thought we'd play a clip because Linnell has... Has a has a snazzy keyboard solo, and <laughs> that's the best way to describe it, a keyboard solo. Yeah, and it's also just kind of strange. Like, why did this song pop up? So here here's a clip from that song, which which I thought was extremely Elvis Costello mm-hmm. sounding. Let's um, listen because somehow I missed this, so I'm gonna yeah. listen for the first time right now. So the song uh, tickle is tickle in those ivories. Um, the song is called "Anyone Can Fill My Shoes." Uh, I think it's sung by Garrett Andrews, but I'm not positive. Uh, it's on YouTube. Uh, who, who put this up? Just a, I don't a fan? know. Maybe the one of the mundane people. Right. We're not totally. We don't have all the info here, um, but I'll post it on our Twitter. And man, that solo! It's funny. It's like you hear John Linnell's um, outside the box crazy musical urges yeah. kind of being squeezed into this. Oh, you, it's like oh, you get eight bars to do your <laughs> what you want to do, yeah, and yeah. it's. Like really interesting how how crazy that solo is, and it's just he's having a lot of fun. I, I thought that was cool. So so that was this week in <laughs> his weekend update with. I like that. Yeah, yeah. That's a good segment. The other thing I wanted to talk about before we get to this uh, list. So Dave, remember in our. Yeah. Sorry. Dave, remember when I. <laughs> um, Remember in our I remember everything. You remember in our uh, Lincoln episode? No. We were both <laughs> yeah. We were both like struggling to think of where we had heard the phrase pencil rain before. I remember struggling. 
Yeah, <laughs> that was that's a, for sure. That episode was a struggle. Yeah, but I, I I kept going like I swear I heard I saw some movie. It was like Vietnam or some yeah. '60s movie. You remember it in Vietnam where they're like yeah, I was having a flashback yeah. where they're just like the pencil rains are, are everywhere. You know, you were in the shit. Yeah. So um, my our friend of the show uh, and Twitter and online friend uh, Chris, Chris Stangle, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> he found what I was thinking of. Yeah, and it's crazy. You emailed me about this, and I was curious what it was yeah um so inquiring minds and all that uh one of my other favorite bands is the rio statics mm-hmm. and they uh one of my least favorite uh rio static songs that i so th- this is and this is important that it's one of my least favorites it's uh-huh. called it's called guns and it's because yeah. it's not really a song it's it's the drummer was like this beat poet kind of guy mm-hmm. and he would like you know, there's one or two Rio Static songs, and there's a lot of unreleased ones where he's just sort of saying a poem or talking, like kind of doing a verse while he drums, and mm-hmm. the band is kind of just sitting Lord. it out. <laughs> he has a song called Guns about, you know, it's very like anti gun song about yeah. gun control or wanting to ban guns. And there's a line in the song that says this You take a gun and shoot an animal, say like your neighbor or a squirrel. Safe to say that any one time, both can be spotted in the locale and struck down with ease. You can rest easy in knowing that the pencil reins will lodge in the target you shot at and maybe even in some stuff you didn't shoot at. Okay, so there's there's a lot here. Um, I never liked this song because it's mm-hmm. not a song, um, and it's a little bit of a bummer. <laughs> it's all yeah. about like how innocent people die with with guns, and sometimes I'm, when I'm listening to that album, it's not what I want to hear. But uh, so I took that song off my iPod. Yeah. So I've only heard that song very few times, and like you know, like 15 years ago. So it was like in my subconscious yeah, yeah. that there's some guy going, you you know that the pencil reins are gonna. <laughs> right. So I thought it was some movie we saw, and Dave, I mean you've. I've played this album for you, mm-hmm. and I know you've heard the song. I don't think I've ever heard this. Because we, we no. used to, I used to put the CD in when we were hanging out because I really wanted to get Dave and, and my other friends into the Rio statics. Mm-hmm. So I would just let this album play on a loop. And I know one time, one of our film shoots we did for school, mm-hmm. I let this album play and you were making fun of it and it was really bothering me. Sorry. <laughs> it's like a very deeply embedded memory, but I know- well, maybe it's time to get over it. But I know for a fact that, well, this whole podcast is about me like Getting convincing you about my music opinions. I'm convinced so, by most of them. Yeah. So I know you, Relax, baby. I feel like you've heard it unless I skipped it. Cause I'm like, Dave's not going to like this. And I skipped it. Um, or I don't like it. So I'm skipping it, right. but that might be how you know it. So that's where I've heard the phrase pencil rains. Now here's the other question really quick. Are they referencing, they might be right. giants. That's the million dollar question. It's possible that I heard it during the shoot, like you said, but mm-hmm. I feel like I would remember I mean, when you played that for the first time just now, mm. I felt like that was the first time I heard that. Yeah, it Dave, felt very new to me. Dave has like a really, really good memory, like not even yeah. a joke. Like Dave's memory is weirdly really good. So if like he hears a song once, he will remember it for like 15 years. So, I mean, look, not to say, I'm, I'm sure there's some stuff I've forgotten, but I feel like that's pretty standout. That's a, yeah. it's a pretty weird track. So yeah. I don't. Oh, by the way, about that track, it's Neil Pert on drums on that song. What? Yeah, that's Neil Pert. He guessed it on the album for that for a couple songs, including that one. So I don't, I don't think that's where I've heard it. And again, but do you think they are referencing? I know that um, some of the members of the band are they might be Giants fans. If 
what is true in our past episodes and that this actually does not come from anywhere else, but they might be giants, then there's no way they can't be. Yeah, exactly. Referencing that. Which is crazy because that's a really serious yeah. song and he's referencing they might be giants. And now I kind of like the song a little more because it's got that little, little, it's got 2% TMBG, kind of like milk, like the milk I buy. Well, it's a good phrase. That's why I thought it was real. Right. But anyway, let, let's move on from this because I think we've talked enough about Pencil Rain. Oh man, I had so much more. Okay, so... We are going to get to this list. So again, Bill just sends me this email out of nowhere being like, here's some stuff for you. By the way, I, I know I've said it a million times. Bill is awesome. That's just, and you will agree after hearing this episode. I think we all agree. Yeah. And if you don't, then fuck you. <laughs> oh, too harsh. The first list he sends is called TMB Songs. And Dave, I just wanted to kind of read through the list with you and then like kind of pull the lever when we get to a song we could talk about. Do you know what I mean? I was wondering what that lever was for. First thing on the list is Alienations for the Rich. And after it, he wrote in a different, like with a pencil, mm -hmm. he wrote Make Eight, which means make an eight track of it, I believe. I think it means uh, make that song eight times, Jordan. Yeah, Duh. <laughs> make eight, eight times faster. <laughs> um so, so some of the stuff on this list is like saying, let's do a demo of this. Right. So we have a demo of this. Some of them, some, some of the songs, so the next song is Cowtown mm -hmm. and it says have next to it. By the way, I'm going to post this list on Twitter and stuff when we post the episode so you know what we're talking about. So have we're assuming is that they have a demo. I think already. have means they have a recording, maybe to send out to people like they used right. to, like Bill told us they did. Like we just needed to, we just sent whatever we had. So then we got number three, everything right is wrong again. You'll miss me, Puppet Head, Youth Co So basically the first album. Next to Puppethead is an A. I an think, A, yeah, we were asked. I think I asked ask him. I might have left we were that there, out. Like what the A is, and I don't think he remembered. Yeah, A. I wonder what A side is. A? Yeah, maybe he's like, this would be a good side A song. I don't even know. So we got Youth Culture, thirty-two. I'm reading. By the way, I'm reading it exactly as it's written, just mm -hmm. so you know, because this is for the obsessive fans. I think this episode is particularly for the <laughs> insane fans. I won't tell uh, my mom about it. So then, after thirty-two footsteps, Dave, we've got. 96 Tears Polka. Yes. So me and you kind of assume this might have been another name for famous polka. Yeah. Because how many polkas do they have? How could we not assume it? I want to just talk a little bit about 96 Tears. It's a song by, do you know this band? No. Question Mark and the Mysterions. It's a 60s band. I like the name. The, you'd like their album. Um, me and my girlfriend listened to their album uh, like a month ago, and we were really digging it. Um, so I'll play a clip of 96 Tears. It's, just, it's a great song. Yeah, I love any song that sounds like that. So it's from 1966. Oh, it's like written question mark. Yeah, like mark the band's, the name. Yeah, the band's oh, man, name that's clever. is a question mark. God damn it's it. from the 60s, so it's like pretty pretty bold <laughs> to do that at that time. <laughs> that is fun. It's like, why don't you be the, the kids or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so 96 Tears... So the song is about, you know, you left me, but when I'm on top, I'm going to, you're going to want to get back together with me and then I'll leave you and you're going to cry 96 tears. It's mm -hmm. like a, it's like a resentful, vengeful love song. So and I'm like, yeah. Are you saying that's the jumping off point for the... 
lyrical content of yeah it, it might polka. it might give us a little insight into famous polka the Some other possibility and i i hesitate to say is that do you think because the, they've got like the prince cover that's really wacky do you think they did a cover of 96 tears in a polka, a polka. style not Very dissimilar possible. to what weird al does and maybe when weird al starts doing that in the late 80s they're like no let's stop mm. doing that you know what i mean because like on it, so some of you will probably know, but almost every Weird Al album has like a polka versions of polka like straight covers. He doesn't change the lyrics really, but it's polka versions, which you know makes them inherently silly sounding. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, did they do that too? And then they were like, no, let's not do that. So Very we've got a few options. So that's so that's 96 Tears polka discussion. Um, let's keep going on with this list, Dave. Are you? Do you? Dave loves lists. Dave's always texting me about like found a new list. I'm a listophile. So then we got Rhythm Section 1 ad. I'm the biggest one. Hell Hotel, which is not a song we've talked about yet, but yeah. we will in the future. Uh, but I, I just like seeing it there. Yeah, when are we going to do that? We're going to do How's that when we gonna... discuss the demo album, which is not happening yet. Rabbit Child, Boat of Car, Mr. Me, Sally Boy, Candy Bar. Yeah. Which uh, is a song that the fans know. They, it was released on TMBG Unlimited, and that's another one we're going to get to. Yeah. I want to do episodes about those rare TMBG Unlimited songs, ex- like specifically, because that was like an exciting <laughs> day of my life. So then after Sally Boy Candy Bar, is it says I'm Insane, which is the first <laughs> title for Absolutely, Absolutely Bill's, Bill's Mood, Mood before they named it after Bill Krause. Then Hacha which is interesting, and it's written H-A-C-H-A. So, and then there's a song called Drumbeat. Now, here's something kind of fun. We asked Bill about some of these weird song titles, and he actually told us a little bit about them, and I saved the clips for now. I took them out of the Bill interview to put in this interview. Yeah, well, I wanted it to be a surprise. So here's, here's us asking Bill about Drumbeat. Do you know what drumbeat is? Do you have any memory of that? That obviously seems like something in in the works, maybe. But it was—I know—I think it was a real song. Oh, really? I think it was a song called Drumbeat. Oh, wow! That's all we got. He didn't remember, but the the reason, you know, I thought that was interesting because when it says drumbeat, I just assume it's a drumbeat, and they did something on top of it that live or. Exactly. But if it's just a song that's called drumbeat, it's about a drumbeat. Maybe there's lyrics about a drumbeat. I'm very interested. Um, after drumbeat is birds fly. And now I'm going to, Dave, I'm going to pull the lever. (laughs) We've got bread hair, (laughs) bread hair, bread hair. Okay, so I have a long history of loving bread hair. Okay. Uh, for let's let's go into this. Um, <laughs> bread hair is one of those bizarre dial a songs now that when i say it's a dial a song what i mean is fans really only have a, a phone recording of it so there's a lot of uh, musical frequencies we're not hearing in this song <laughs> might have a bass line we don't really know um bread hair is one of their weirdest songs pretty weird okay so i just thought this was funny right before dave came over i was like 
I remember really loving Bread Hair mm-hmm. when I first became a fan and found, and someone sent me, the, I, probably my friend Sarah, who I talked about, sent me Power of Dial song. Hey, Sarah. The, the bootleg. I, I did find old posts from me on the news group where I'm like, how could any TMBG fan uh-huh. not like Bread Hair? What do you like TMBG for if you don't like Bread Hair? It's more TMBG than TMBG can possibly be. I used to write in lyrics. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good song. Um, I even found other things of me talking about how much I love Bread Hair. There was a thread about what would be your dream set list. And I wrote, and by the way, let me put a year to this. This is 2005. Um, later, embarrassingly later than I thought. I thought it was from the 90s when I first... Right. Uh, I wrote... I would have like orgasms if they played really rare stuff or at least B-sides. I'd love to hear Welcome to the Jungle, Cupid, Bread Hair. And I, all caps. By the way, all the other songs I listed in my imaginary set list are normal, but Bread Hair is written with all caps. Why do you like Bread Hair so much, Jordan? I don't even know. I guess, well, part of it is the sound of it. Uh-huh. So like me and Dave were just listening to it now and kind of like giggling. Bopping along. Linnell is doing like an amazing... Uh, character voice mm-hmm. there like he's he sounds kind of like a I was getting a little bit of a Tom Waitsy vibe well uh, yeah it, it does sound like Tom Waits that's a good point yeah it's a, it's an interesting character voice like I feel like in the early days Flansburg was doing more of the character voices so it's cool when Linnell does it it's like that weird scatting style like a dabba 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 dabba. <laughs> yeah well so here, I know Tom Waits does there's, that an, some there's stuff. a few yeah there's a few interesting things about this song so the whole song it's like the lyrics are kind of in beatnik slang. Mm-hmm. It makes it kind of interesting. So, so the first line, I'm a wigged out daddy mm-hmm. with bread on top. So, I, you know, I actually was like, is there any, I, it's like you think you know what beatnik slang is, but I was looking up beatnik slang. I was like, okay, so wigged out means to get annoyed, apparently. Sure. This is this one website. By the way, I'm basing this on one website, so I assume they're correct. <laughs> um, so I'm an annoyed, you know, daddy means you're like a cool, cool, cool guy, right? Cool cat. Cool, maybe somewhat authoritative. I don't know. I don't know why they call people daddy. Anyway. Keep I'm a, saying daddy. <laughs> I'm, a wigged, I'm a wigged out daddy with bread on top. So... The the thing is, well, that's br- silly. Bread is beatnik slang for money. money. So, is this song about having money? I think it's literally about having bread for no, hair. No, so well, but here <laughs> here's my point. Uh, so the lyrics are all literally about having bread for <laughs> hair. But if you if you take if you think of it as some sort of like a clue mm-hmm. that he's using beatnik slang throughout the entire song, from literally from beginning to the last line, from the first line to the last line, bread means money, and it's like so is. Are we supposed to think it's about money, but then the joke is that, mm-hmm. no, it's just about he has bread for hair, Dave? Could, could be both. <laughs> yeah. Then he says, I, I dig an easy bake granny with a whiskey mop. Um, whiskey is made from uh, wheat, mm-hmm. I, I saw, or grain, rather. Or is, is that the same thing? I don't know. You've got a <laughs> Linnell seems to know his bread pretty well here. I respect that. I will say the lyrics, there's no official lyrics, and it says, if you love me, you needn't the whole wheat crop. It's kind of hard to tell if he's saying, if you love me, it might be, but I don't know. Just throwing that out They're there. Kinda, the lyrics are kind of hard to hear in general. Yeah, it's like, if you love me, you need the whole wheat crop. That's why when I looked them up, <laughs> I was like a little shocked at some of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had a useless battle and I'll never stop. That one really throws me. Do you know what, what that's about? Who had a battle? The bread? The bread boys? <laughs> is it about? Yeah, I don't know. The other thing that's interesting is like the weird, sad chorus because he's saying you're driving all my hope away mm-hmm. and you know that's actually one of the things i saw in the news group when i was looking up if anyone had any thoughts about this song there was this new gr- news group poster who his name was emble and he was kind of like a 
kind of a contemporary to Chris Stengel in terms of dense interpretations mm-hmm. that no one dared like go near. He talked about bread hair in one post and I just want to, well, I, I can't wait. He kind of compared, well, he kind of used purple toupee as like a reference point, which I thought was interesting. Right. He's like, I should also point out that this song has to be coming from the same place as bread hair. Well, he's talking about purple toupee gone rug after the hair has gone away. This mm-hmm. is a common theme. Whatever the song is about drives all your hope away. And then he says, I think gone rug is another swing as a word style assault on hip language, equating Mm -hmm. it with idiotic self-destruction. I don't know. Bread hair seems to me about drugs. I don't know if he's right, but I appreciate the thoughtful uh, bread hair, um, you know, analysis for sure. I think the idea of something ridiculous for for artifice... like a toupee. Do you think when he wrote Purple Toupee, that was like an update? Like he's like, this is the way I want to go with this idea. And I'll just for, well, red hair will go in the reject pile, you know? It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. <laughs> it's just that we're just it's guessing. A, it's a thinker. Yeah. Yeah. So Dave, let's, let's tackle the second verse. I think you have some strong <laughs> opinions here. He says use a yarmulke of challah. You don't say it the right way? Uh, I, I don't particularly care to say the... Use a yarmulke of challah bread. That's how my dad says it. H. <laughs> <laughs> the guttural H-C-H sound. I'll just say hala. Yeah, use a yarmulke of challah bread if you're a Jew. I'll just say when I was in Hebrew school, um, I hated wearing a yarmulke. I mean, who I, likes it? Yeah, well, part <laughs> of it was because they you they were forcing you to. So mm-hmm. it, you know, any anytime. I mean, even to this day, I don't like when someone's like, "Yo, by the way, you've got to wear a tie to this thing." You you know, it's a don't nice tell thing. me what to do, folks. Yeah, I don't like anyone telling me how Certainly to dress I don't like myself. It feels like I feel like you know, if you arrive at that conclusion on your own because you're like, "Oh, you know what? I do look nice in a tie. That's by, fine." By the way, a yarmulke. You know, we're t- we're saying this from the New York perspective. If you're, oh, sure. <laughs> if you're if you're listening out there and you've never heard of a yarmulke, it's a little oh. <laughs> it's a little hat that uh, you wear. It's not a hat. Should I hat. even bother explaining this? Forget it's it. like a little circular um, thing that you kind of put on your head or you could clip it to your head. And me and Dave had if, to do this. Of the Jewish Though with faith. Dave's spiky hair, I don't know how, did it just get, go right through it? Well, I didn't have spiky hair back then. Uh, okay. maybe is That's your, one reason I can't do it now. Is your spiky hair, was it a weird like rebellion? It was a subconscious Yeah, you're just like, against, no one's put an yarmulke on me. Yeah. <laughs> against God himself. I just, you know, it's it's funny because I just remember whenever Hebrew school would end, you know, it ended at like four o'clock or whatever the hell, I would just, the first thing I would do, just rip it off my head. It's just like, I don't want this on my head. I just felt, I felt weird in it. It I, didn't feel right, you know? I just think in the context of this song. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yes, let's bring it back. Not that I don't want to hear this all night, but um, very strange t- the line in a song. I think that's fair to say. Caught me by surprise. Well, first of all, I couldn't There's understand. There's no Bruce, Bruce Springsteen <laughs> songs that say this line. That's that's for sure. I mean, I get the joke because hollow bread is a particular kind that's of the bread. Bread that the Jewish people and I guess enjoy. after pumpernickel, he was like running out of specific kinds. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but um, yeah. I don't know to put the Jew angle in there. A little off-putting. Yeah, I guess it is. I I always I felt I felt seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's move on though. I be, so this this was really confusing to me. I belong to Kyope. I don't know what that is. I, I thought Kyope, I, didn't, I didn't bother looking it up. I thought it was... Um, an, I have a very busy schedule, Jordan. Mm-hmm. I thought 
Kyope was some obscure bread as to fit with all the other lines, but I, the only thing I found for Kyope, and I, I tried searching Kyope and bread, and all that comes up is bread hair. <laughs> like, that's all that comes Whoa. up. So Even if you up? just search Kyope on its own, mostly what comes up is the lyrics to bread hair. But one thing that comes up is Kyope in the 80s, there was a, a thing called the Catholic Young People's Organization. So do you think when he says, I belong to Kyope, he's like, I belong to the Catholic Young People's Organization? And is that supposed to be some weird contrast, contrast with if you're the, a yeah. Jew? Like he's, is this about like a Catholic guy telling the Jews what to do? <laughs> Well, as far as, uh, you know, I don't think anyone expected this to go here, by the way. As far as authority on bread, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Is that definitely the word though? Like I belong, or is it just I, like, I, Dave, I listened to it many, many times. Yeah. Um, I well, I'll play it again. Why the fuck not? I'll play the clip again. I, it sounds like I belong to Kyle. Yeah, it's hard to say. So we'll move on Jury's from this. Out. By the way, this is what our email is for. Don't let start podcast at <laughs> gmail.com. If, if you know what the hell's going on in, in this part of the song, please email us. Um, so yeast and flour, bacon hour, it's annoying shampoo. I mean, that's like the most direct line yeah. I feel where we're like, oh, it's funny. Uh, the last line is that's a gone rug, buddy, which we talked about. Um, I will say the, the, the slang gone, it does mean really with it and swinging. That's what oh. I saw on this thing. Um, I also thought this was funny. A, a slang, a beatnik slang word is dildo. It means dippy dame. And what's dippy dame mean? Yeah, I know. <laughs> this website used beatnik yeah. slang to dis to define other beatnik slang, but I thought Dave would enjoy that. Why Dave, you, I always thought that you your, your wife was a real dildo. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why would I enjoy this? Uh, I'll just say pumpernickel's great. What's your favorite bread? Oh, shit. Let's talk about this. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite bread, pumpernickel? Uh, when it comes to bread, Jordan, I'm the most open-minded guy around. <laughs> I don't discriminate against any kind of bread. Mm -hmm. You like all bread. I, there's, I've never met a bad bread. <laughs> I'll say um, in terms of, of bread I've been eating lately, Sarah Lee brand has this really nice bread called artisano. And it's like kind of tricks you into thinking it's fancy, but it's what I eat for toast. Maybe some of that Ezekiel bullshit bread, you know? That shit's not bread. So yeah, so bread hair, it's some beatnik guy with bread on his hair. I mean, the, I kind of picture, I mean, it, I almost picture like a performance art thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it almost seems like this is one of those songs that coming out of the performance art yeah. scene, maybe they fucking saw someone put bread on their hair and go on stage and be like... At, at Darinka. It reminds me of that Adam Sandler be like, I'm crazy bread yeah. hair, man. I think so. And really quickly, D Dave, any any thoughts about the music, what we can hear of it? Well, what you're saying about the beatnik... Uh, mm aesthetic of it i think that's pretty consistent with the music as well yeah it's kind of this like walking bass line it's snappy i honestly guys if you're ever red hair if, if you're ever listening to this this show and you want to know what the fans want uh, it, it would be so cool to hear the you know even if it's some old broken down cassette just anything but phone quality would be amazing for bread hair and here's one last little trivia about bread hair before we move on and this is really odd you know a few years back they might be giants put out a t-shirt that had a list of all their songs yes. on it that's on there bread hair is on yeah. there bread hair is it's on there odd choice maybe someone designed the shirt for them just had some list that was given yeah. i don't know how the shirt got made 
but I wonder if that was an, a weird oversight, like, oh, wait, we never released this, or if it was just like, oh, that'd be kind of funny to put that on. Just one of those great mysteries. So let's move on down the list. Dave, we're going down the list. Down. We need like a little like traveling song. Do, 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 do. Anyway, the next song, Letterbox, and then Become a Robot. And then we have Smiles. Hmm. Dave. Very mysterious. So Smiles is is on the Wikipedia. Yes. Um, they've mentioned this in the past. Really quickly, I just want to talk about it. Uh, so there's a 1985 set list that Flansburg posted once, uh, which is awesome that he did that. <laughs> and... Smiles was on it, and then when asked about it, he said it was a high-energy, no-wave song with a lot of explosive screaming. Uh, so that's all we really know about Smiles. Uh, I would love to hear the song. I'm almost hearing like Sally Boy Candy Bar kind of sure. thing, right? After Smiles, it's uh, written down, I Wouldn't Be Mad, which is another song that fans have never heard. But Bill did tell us a little about this song, mm -hmm. and I'll play that clip. I Wouldn't Be Mad is one that fans, Flansburg mentioned it in an interview. So fans know it exists, but we know, don't know anything about it. I Wouldn't Be Mad is uh, that used a recording of some guy that Flansburg knew, I think. Okay. And it's it's a really weird vocal. It's like, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> I'm trying to think now if that's the one where where he goes at the end, we have our own song. That's I'm deaf. That's I'm deaf. But yeah. I think that may be the same guy. Oh, Sympathy took oh, it from no. the same I, thing. I think it may be this I again, you know, but it a makes long sense. Time. Well, but I think that I think that, that might be the same guy. Because yeah, and I'm deaf it's a it's a answering machine message they got of someone asking them for help oh, right, recording right, right, right. a song, saying we want to make our I own recording. Be, then, maybe, then, maybe it's, then, then maybe I'm full of shit. <laughs> I make many mistakes. I will say I'm, I'm going to connect them anyway. I, will I, say I just like that story. Mm -hmm. I'll, maybe I'm just connecting them on an emotional level, which, <laughs> which is quite, quite possible. Um, it's a good story, so I'll you know, let's let's do just it. make it work. So uh, we have some vague idea of what I Wouldn't Be Mad may sound like. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that it, what Bill said is substantiated a little bit, um, on, it is on, also, this is a song that fans know exists from the wiki, and Flansburg said it's a sample-filled pop rock number, uh, including drum tracks like uh, Now That I Have Everything in 5-4 time, but from that CD, the same CD. Oh. So he said it's sample-filled, and Bill remembered it as having a sample of a guy who's going, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. I, I hope one day we can all hear it. I could see that guy from <laughs> yeah. I'm deaf saying that in that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's keep going down the list. Going down the list. I'm, we're we're going we're gonna to arrive at a list, good list uh -huh. song. Going down the list. Okay. Going down the list. Then we got Happy, which is another one of my favorite uh, rare songs from TMG Unlimited. Sapphire Bullets. Uh, then says Marvin Gaye, which is obviously the day. And it says find next to it. Like, uh -oh. like they lost <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Glad they found it because I love the day. Um, Toddler Highway, Chesapeake's face. <laughs> yeah, it says have for Toddler Highway. Have it, want it, need it. <laughs> Chesapeake's face, Weep Day, and then boom. Are you ready for some exclusive? Uh -huh. An exclusive. Here we go. There is a They Might Be Giant song from the 80s called Boss Don't Like Me. Hmm. Boss Great. Don't Like Me. Dave, let's hear you say Great. it. Great title. Boss Don't Like Me. Now, my only uh, thinking about this song is. 
Well, no, it does say Puppethead. I was like, is this another name for Puppethead? Because the Puppethead has lyrics about a boss. Right. I wonder what the song was. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm going to... We thought it was like a Flansburg song, right? I would think so, considering... Uh... Did Linnell ever work a day in his life? Because <laughs> Flansburg's always talking about all these jobs he's had. Well, Flansburg goes to the well of the, the working class man yeah. often in songs, especially it, in the early days. I think he's fascinated by it. And those, uh, you know, filling mm. up the hours of the day kind of job. Yeah, yeah. See, it must be very strange for Flansburg to have to sit somewhere for like eight hours and not be doing a thing you want to do because yeah, he's yeah. someone who just does so much stuff all the time. And he's hyperactive. <laughs> You can leave that in. Hyper adaptive, hyper adapter, the dark side, uh-huh. Grant Morrison, Batman run. You can That's t- for take you that nerds out, out there. <laughs> um, so after Boss Don't Like Me, and by the way, I wish we could talk more about it. We just don't know. We don't know what it is. After Boss Don't Like Me, it says Hotel Detective. Nothing's going to change my clothes. They might be Giants theme. And then, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Another um, exciting exclusive. They had a song called Rubber Guy. Rubber guy. Rubber guy. R-U-B-B-E-R. That reminds me of that Seinfeld. You know the bit. Yeah. <laughs> rubber rubber man. Rubber man, yeah. Um, there's plastic man. There's elastic man. Is there a Why rubber man? Why did I think there's a rubber man? Why did I think there's a rubber man? Rubber guy is such a great name for like a 1950s DC like yeah, superhero. Yeah, rubber guy. <laughs> Just like that, I don't know. And this guy's rubber. Rubber Joe. Come on, we got to put out 200 of these a month. Um, we did ask Bill about rubber guy, and, and here's what he said. You mentioned that you the couple songs that you liked that never showed up anywhere that fans know nothing about, like Rubber Guy. Do you have any memories of these songs just for fans? So rubber, so uh, rubber Guy. As rubber I, Guy? Yeah. As, as I recall, Rubber Guy, I believe, was instrumental sort of along the lines of Spacesuit. Oh, okay. I, I might be making that up completely. I would love to hear Rubber Guy. I, I want to hear Rubber Guy. Love the name. Then this is funny. So then the next song it says "Feeling All the Time," <laughs> and I'll, I'll. So I cut this out of the Bill Kraus interview, but I'll tell you now. That's big of you. I didn't. So, so I was like, "Oh my God, what's this song called?" Feeling all the time. This is so cool. Feeling like yeah, feeling things all the time. <laughs> that must be cool. Like a cool song about I don't know being like overly sensitive or something. Being a or, sensate. Yeah, and I'm I'm talking. I'm asking Bill about it. What's the what's feeling all the time? And Bill's like, wasn't that, wasn't that on an album? Yeah. And I'm like, no, they never put that on an album. And he's just like, yeah, yeah. Just and this just, went on for an hour. This went on for way too long. And he goes, yeah, you know, it was, it was on the demo and it's on, it's on an album, which describes how you're feeling all the time. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's which describes how you're feeling all the time. I think it's an honest mistake. Though. I know. It's weird when you just see the words feeling all the time. Uh, it does isolated. put it in a totally different context. Yeah, it just doesn't seem the same. Um, I used to play this game with like someone, a friend, where we would like have like a show them an out of context song lyric and be like, can you name the song? Uh, and it's so weird because it could be a song you've heard 8 billion times. Yeah. But if you see a lyric like out of context. Like Let It. What song is Let It? <laughs> yeah. Here, Do you I'll, know? I'll give you an example. Let's see. Let It Be, Jordan. So the, the, the challenge would be finding a lyric that is like not immediately identifiable as a song. So you can't be like Anna Ng and I are getting, you know. You'd have to be like, Dave, what's this song? Sadly, this can never be. Oh, uh, not, I'm not allowed to think. Yeah, see, that, yeah. that one maybe was easy, but you kind of get the idea. Like, I get it. You get it in a weird context, and, and then you, you think of the song. Everything. Anyway, let's move on. It's a fun game for you guys at home to play. <laughs> yeah. Try it now. The next song, Dave, we're stopping at, uh, we're going to pull the lever. 
And our, we need a lever sound. Dave, you want to do the lever sound? Okay, a little limp, limp lever there. Hey. Um, I'm imagining like a giant like... Ka-chunk? And then a little ball falls out. A little ball falls All right. out. And we've got Haya. Yeah. Here's That's Haya. another weird one. Haya, Haya, Haya. So jaded, I'm quite sincere. Though we may differ, you'll be right here. Top of the heap, kings of all we survey. Why wasn't that on an album? <laughs> um, I actually really love High a High. Mm-hmm. I was curious what you thought about it, Dave. It's good. <laughs> Think of it this way. Can you imagine like a metal cover of it? Like, because it's got those like discordant chords and kind of, it's kind of like a dark, like Satan-esque kind of like notes, you know, like the, if it didn't have the starts and stops, it could be a metal song. But Matt, what about like system of a down, like do, 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 that's true. I was thinking about that uh, when I was listening to it. Actually, that would be a very good System of a Down song. <laughs> You've yeah. convinced me. This yeah. song is awesome. amazing. So now what you're hearing is is a great quality recording of this old uh, forgotten song. They put this out on the, their podcast that they Man, had. I love System of a Down. The, uh, they put this out on the, the second best TMG podcast, which was their own, uh, where they had uh, once in a while, they throw out some crazy rare song that kind of blew my mind. I remember listening to an episode and Haya came on and I freaked the fuck out. Yeah, I remember that. All we had was like the phone recording. Don't be so jaded. I'm quite sincere. Though we may differ. You know, you hear those, there's like pounding drums and you hear all the stuff happening and you hear the real, like everything his voice is doing. This is one of like my, it's one of the more interesting Flansburg uh, vocals, I would say. He's really doing some sort of like a character. Yeah. Some sort of like wormy guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Little worm. It's all we've got. Let's just very quickly go into some of the lyrics. There is a reference in the lyrics, a classic Flansburg thing. He references Sinatra's New York, though... I will say in looking this song up, uh, it did not originate with Sinatra. It was started is from the Scorsese movie, New York, New York, which I've never seen and I would like to. Me either. But so apparently it didn't really become huge until Sinatra covered it a few years later in 79. So it was Eliza Minnelli single mm-hmm. at first. The lyrics in Haya <laughs> say, you'll be right here, top of the heap, kings uh, of all right, we right, survey. Right. I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep and find I'm king of the hill top of the heap These little and in you know New York New York he goes king of the hill top of the heap yeah. so I'm pretty sure it's a reference but I'm not positive I mean it seems likely it's kind of a common phrase, though. I don't know. Top of the heap. I know, but Flansburg and his Sinatra, and That's they're, true. they're living in New York. And Dave, did you have any idea of what the song's about? Did you look into that at all? I kind of got a vibe of like a self-help book, but a very disingenuous self-help book. Oh, really? That's. I mean, that's kind of what I got. So that 
everything's a clinker. Who says it's not? Just try your best. It's all that we've got. It's all that we've got. It's all that we've got. I'm kind of leaned in that direction too, but in a different way. I was like, is this a song to Linnell? Mm-hmm. Like they're talking about the band? Because the, yeah. the thing is, so the next verse goes, so that thing's a clinker. So a clinker means a wrong musical note. I looked that up. <laughs> but it could also just mean like a bad thing or like a right, thing yeah, that yeah. failed. So that, like it could be, so that song, that thing's a clinker. Who says it's not? Just try your best. It's all that we've got. Well, so it's I, like him yeah. saying to Linnell, like, We'll just have all these weird songs, and we're just trying our best. It's kind of sweet. I got a, I got a little bit of that too, especially mm-hmm. from like Kings of All We Survey. And, yeah, and those in, exactly. Those themes running all some of their their older stuff for sure. But I guess whenever I hear things like "just try your best," I uh, I don't take that as very um, good practical advice. Well, because <laughs> well, the vocal performance is so strange and off-putting that it's like can this be a sincere song but i think sometimes they do have sincerity even under the weird um superficially weird things happening i certainly understand people not taking what you say seriously because of my deadpan monotone uh (laughs) delivery of, Mm -hmm. of uh words sometimes so when i'm like yeah that's really great yeah. I really mean it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to learn to emote more. Just try your best. See, now I it's think you're being condescending. Um, and yeah, there I are... I always try my best, damn it. <laughs> there is also... So yeah, don't be so jaded. I'm quite sincere. Though he's, I mean, if, if you think about him talking to his musical partner, yeah. these lines, they kind of... They feel kind of like they make sense. Like, so don't be so jaded. I'm quite sincere. Though we may differ, you'll be right here. Top of the heap. Like, it's almost like he's saying... We're gonna get through this. Yeah. We're gonna be we're gonna be musical heroes. Well, your interpretation is better than mine. So. Oh, I mean, I don't know. This I've never thought about this song in my entire life until today. Me too. The only thing that truly throws me is just why Haya. Right. Why is that the hook? Why is that the name of the song? Like, wh- why does everything stem from Haya? Like saying hi to someone. It's very strange. You think it's like uh like the record exact kind of uh, archetype where he like comes in the room like, hiya boys, hi, hiya. Yeah. Hi, hi, hi. I, I don't know. I, yeah, some of this might be some weird New York 80s cultural thing that we, we don't know. Was there some like bumper sticker that said hiya or something? <laughs> like we don't know. Uh, so that's hiya. Um, I actually really, I really like this song. I really think it's interesting. And I, well, as I picture it as a system of a down song, it's got a little better. The other thing is if these, if, if what Bill said about this list is that these were maybe first album contenders, mm-hmm. I, I think it's fun to think about how different this first album could have been with bread hair and Haya. <laughs> and I mean, uh, you know, so let's move on Definitely through the, be weirder. The, the first list is almost over. We've got counterfeit fake which I think is interesting that, like, I don't know, <laughs> that would have been considered for anything. I'm Deaf, Stormy Pinkness. Um, mm. So this list is from, like, 1985, Bill said. So Stormy Pinkness, that's an old, that's an old song. And that didn't surface till the 90s, right? 1990, there's them playing it live in, like, maybe 88. But even the, them having that in 85 is surprising to me. Mm. So Stormy Pinkness, um, I need some loving. We're pulling the crank. We're cranking it up. You're really committing to crank that, Crank huh? two, bigger crank. I need 
some loving, some turtle doving. You dry the ocean of tears running down my spine. I need some kissing, but I know you're listening to all the radios. Tune in to read my mind. That's a delightful song. Yeah, this is a great song. I recall Bill or someone saying they, they quite like the song. Yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit about this in our last uh, song by song episode. So this this vocalist is Jennifer Neff. She also is Doris Cunningham. Right. Uh, and I already played the clip of Flansburg. I don't know if you guys are listening out of order, but in the don't in the last episode that we did uh, like this, I played a clip from Dial Song of Flansburg introducing this song and saying this is our friend Jennifer Neff. Think of our show as a season of television. Yeah, you don't gotta, you don't wouldn't watch TV out of order. Don't yeah. listen to this out of order. And by the time we're up to season uh, nine, just stop watching because it's right. going to get better. Right, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll jump the shark. So She's got a very a pleasing voice. I really like her voice. I wish I knew what she was doing now or if she was still doing vocals or whatever yeah. or if she just was one of their weird Flansburg friends that's like, do this thing for me, and then they mm. <laughs> disappear. Um, but it is, it's a really cool song, and it's kind of also has the beatnik-y, jazzy mm-hmm. vibe. It's all bass line, really. Weird. So here's the weird thing about this song, Dave. I don't know if you know about this. Probably not. I don't know where this was, but when asked about this song years ago, like in the 90s, they might be giants. I assume this question might have been in one of their early newsletters they used to send out to fans. They would send out these like little catalogs with questions and answers. Um, but I don't know if that's where that was. But anyway, they said that this they took this song from a Gem and the Holograms cassette yeah. that came with a toy. I'll play a clip. This is a commercial for those cassettes I found. Now get a free cassette with new Gem songs when you buy any of the Gem dolls. Music cassette is free at participating stores when you buy any of the gem dolls and you get a free gem poster too. I got mine. I got mine. I got mine. So Gem and the Holograms was a, a cartoon in the 80s about a girl group and there was a rival gr- girl group called the Misfits. Did you mm-hmm. know that, Dave? I did. Is that where the Misfits got their name? The Misfits is one of Dave's favorite bands. No, they- the Misfits is uh, predates Gem. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, they were they were like 1979. So anyway, it's about Could a girl group and it's, it's very, uh, uh, you know, I looked up a lot of... They your- got their name from Marilyn Monroe's last movie. Oh. Just so you know. But anyway... Gem and the Holograms, you know, I watched a lot of the music videos trying to find like a good song to play to compare to. My wife loves them. Yeah, yeah. Um, She's got the toy. Very stiff animation. (laughs) It's not a good show. Very um, uh, hilariously awkward. Uh, (laughs) My girlfriend walked by while I was watching uh, Gem and the Holograms video and she just was laughing because it's very funny looking, unintentionally funny. In their Um, defense, a lot of 80s animation was like that. I just watched an episode mm -hmm. of He-Man just to be like, how do I remember this? And it's god awful. (laughs) I will say though, um, a lot of pop songs and some of them are, are not bad i mean there there's clearly songwriters working on that show hmm. that are songwriters they, they know what they're doing a paycheck's a paycheck but here's an example of like a typical gem in the hologram song and then we can talk about if this is really a gem in the hologram <laughs> song So 
Most of the fans seem to think now that they were lying or joking that mm-hmm. they got the vo- they said they got the vocals from Gemini Holograms. There's no way that's possible because mm-hmm. one, they said it's their friend Jennifer Neff. Right. Um, even back then in the old Dial a Song recording. So I don't know. I guess the reason I'm playing the gem clips, even though that's not what the song is, is because for some reason they thought about Gem and the Holograms and yeah. thought it would be funny to think that this is a Gem and the Holograms song that they reworked. I don't know. One of the reasons, besides that it's their friend singing the song, that we know it's not Gem and the Holograms, there's some like racy lyrics, you know? They say loose lips, fast teeth, white teeth, big head, brass bed with a sign that reads, nobody likes to see, I need a honey. To spend my money To call my phone machine And hang me up at night I guess so it's like they say loose lips. This is the bridge of mm-hmm. the song. Uh, they say loose lips, fast loose. hips. That's not inherently dirty. White teeth, big head is kind of an innuendo. I have a big head. Brass bed with a sign that reads, nobody rides for free. So if you have a sign on your bed saying nobody rides for free. What if you're just jumping up and down, Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> I jump on my bed. It's fun. Yeah. You ever have fun, Jordan? No. Um, you know what a slice is? <laughs> But so, so yeah, Dave, I don't know. I, I, what do you think of this song just as a song? I, I always thought it was like a really nice little song that I would not mind being developed more. It always struck me as something old timey. Mm, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. why I think I liked it. Kind of like a sassy dame, a dippy dame. It's a dippy dildo dame. <laughs> yes. It's, you've got a nice dildo singing this song. Yeah. And I could see it like an old movie, like it's almost like, you know, it's like Jessica Rabbit or something <laughs> or like some old movie Bing Crosby, yeah. where it's like a... Like everyone's watching this girl sing this like sexy song yeah. about, you know, wanting a honey to spend my money. It is very much like that kind of song. That's I true. think it's a genre study. The weird thing is that the, the, the musical bridge is very similar to Lie Still Little Bottle. Yes. Even when I first got the Power of Dials on cassette, I was like, oh, Lie Still Little Bottle bridge. Then it made me think, like, I wonder if Lie Still Little Bottle just came from this song in general, because a lot of the song is this bass line and do, 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 do. And it's like, it's kind of got the same tempo yeah, in a way. Yeah. It, it's a little similar. And it's like, was Flansburg just wanting to do a bunch of jazzy songs and he had to pick one? So we picked right. Lice. You know, it's like, it's almost like the bread hair thing. It's like, well, we can't have two songs about hair being made out of <laughs> sure <laughs> so you got to pick one you know but then they had bangs years later yeah that's, that's a right. song about hair bread bangs i would like <laughs> bangs a lot more if it was called bread bangs that would be something to sight to behold yeah. a pumpernickel to frame this face <laughs> yeah i don't needs no Um, so anyway I will say um, another reason you know this isn't a gem in the hologram song is you've got these like TMBG motifs you know like tears rolling down my spine yeah it's such a Flansburg line you know how did they get over there yeah (laughs) Um, yeah like spines and tears falling down crying backwards 
I need the honey, spend my money to call my phone machine and yeah, hang me up hang at me night. Up. It's like, I feel like They Might Be Giants were really the only band doing exclusively doing songs about uh, answering machines at, sure. at this time. Um, well, and also phrasing that hang me up. Yeah, what, what did you think of that? As to me, it seems like a noose reference again. Interesting. Hang me up at night. Or or is that like a BDSM, like a sexy thing? Yeah. Hang me up at night. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know, Jordan. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Dave is a vanilla delight. I'm a vanilla. That's, that was my nickname in college. Vanilla delight, yeah. The, the vanilla delight. <laughs> if you walk into the school, everyone would go, yo, VD. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's move on. Um, I, I just want to, I'll just cl- to re- tie a bow on this. I, I love I Need Some Love, and I think it's a great song. Oh, one more thing about the song. There's a few different sources of, fo- of fan bootlegs. One of the versions, her vocals are kind of a wash and a reverb. So I don't know if there's yes. other versions. So I'll play this clip where she has like the reverb on her vocals, because it kind of sounds even more old-timey like that and cool. Yes. I need some loving, some turtle dovey. So then uh, let's continue on with this list. The first list, uh, the next thought, <laughs> next thing it says is don't let start. I've got a weak heart. Which is interesting. That's a long title. Yeah, they wrote. He wrote the whole title, maybe because he wouldn't remember it otherwise. <laughs> like, oh, it's the one that says that. Uh, it's interesting. Then it says "Fake Out" in Buenos Aires, which is again, it's just kind of cool to see these songs acknowledged in this way, like written. It's like evidence because even in the then the earlier years booklet, they're like, we forgot "Fake Out" exists. Wow. But it's like written down here, you know. And just to have so much material, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. In a, in a pretty short span. A couple years, if that, maybe. If this is 85 and they started like 83 for real, you know, 82, 83. And yeah, the other thing is, you know, some may disagree, but even these weird songs that never went anywhere, I think they're quality. I really like them. No, that's what I was going to say. And not not just having a quantity of songs, but they're all pretty fully realized. Yeah, there's no, there's really no songs. I don't think there are any clinkers. Yeah, there's no clinker. No clinkers. But, um... Yeah, it's like there's no songs that make me like roll my eyes or I'm like, oh, yeah. Because me and Dave, we were just talking about like there's like this new Violent Femmes album and we were talking mm. about it. And we were kind of saying like, oh, there's a few tracks. A couple songs I don't like. Yeah, where you're just like, eh, Sorry. skip that one. Or I don't think they work. listen. There's some really good songs on it too, though. I'll say I, I will say one of my favorite songs they've probably done in the last 20 years is on it. Yeah, so, yeah. So that bounces out a bit. Yeah, but even this list of rare early songs, I'm like, I basically like them all. Um, then on the bottom of the list, it says... 1999 mm-hmm. and Kings of the Cave. And my theory about why they're together is because they did not write either of those songs. Interesting. Um, King of the Cave, Kings of the Cave was written by um, his Linnell's Mundane's friend. And we're going to get into that song too when we do our TMG Unlimited episode. Sure. And 1999, we've played a clip from. So, so that's list number one. And now we're going to quickly move. To, so then when we interviewed Bill, he brought out a second list in person and you can kind of and there, drove us mad. There might be, yeah, there might be a little bit left. I don't remember if there's, it's left in that episode where you can kind of hear me going like, Oh, whoa, whoa. like, <laughs> but I think I cut a lot of it out cause it was like unclear what I was reacting to, yeah. but he handed us this list in person and it's mostly Lincoln songs, uh, but let's go through it. So it's not my birthday, stand on your own head. 
I stole a little bottle, purple toupee, pencil rain, famous polka now. And there's a little check mark next to it. I wonder if that has They're like, we finally got it right. Yeah. World's Address, Anna Ng, Hell Hotel again. again. And then, Dave, I'm pulling the crank. We're stopping at Exploding Invitation. This is a really interesting song. I'll briefly talk about the history for it. This was a song some fans had heard of. There's a New York Times article from March 14th, 1986, where they, they mention a They Might Be Giant show coming up, uh, and they mention the Dial Song service, and they're like, one recent lilting melody had the lyrics, all I had was an exploding invitation, you know? So it mentions the song. Uh, it seems like a strange song for them to point out in the article, but I guess that, that's probably just the one that came up when they were writing mm-hmm. it. The other thing, um, today I found someone did a comment a few years ago. I won't say their name. John Wilkes Booth. Someone did a comment on some article somewhere, and they were like, I was a TMEG fan back in the early days. And then they said they would call Dial a song, and my favorite one was called Exploding Invitation, which they played live a few times but mm-hmm. never put on a record. And then they also said... There are a couple long compilations of Dial-A-Song songs on YouTube, but none of them seem to have exploding invitation. I may never hear that song again, except in my head. Hmm. So this is from a few years ago. This is from about a year before this one fan just dumped a bunch of Dial-A-Song recordings on the Facebook group, the Mm -hmm. big Facebook group where all the fans congregate. You should give them the song. I tried to uh, contact that person and be like, hey, that showed up, because he seems to really want to, or he, or she, uh, seems to really want to uh, hear the song. Hmm. So that's the weird history with it, and we we now have the song, which is great. Dave, uh, what what are your thoughts on it? It's a sad song. It's a sad song. (laughs) Yeah, it is sad. It's melancholy. Makes me think of like uh, early dating. Mm. We, I don't know if we want to go too into like their private lives or whatever, but a lot of the lyrics in the song reminded me of stuff that like, for example, like I I won't point out exactly, but like if you listen to our interview with Julie, who was in his band in in the college days, when she talks about Flansburg's personality in college, you know, these lyrics strike me as like sadly self-aware. He's saying all I was was an exaggeration. Hmm. She said I was a toy and dropped me in the ocean. There's something that resonates to me about the way Flansburg is, if this is, I mean, this might be a character song or whatever, but obviously we don't know. I want to say the, we don't know the official lyrics, so I'm not sure if the first line really is what it says on the, the wiki. She saw to my left behind. I don't know if that makes any sense. What do you think he's saying, Dave? I'm going to play it. Yeah, let me, let me hear that sucker. I hear spine again. She saw through my last spine. Something like that. I feel like he's saying she saw through my... Left spine? Left spine. <laughs> you know, folks, we have two. The right and the left spines. Yeah, it's hard to say. And I, I would love to know the official lyrics because I, I think this... I'm going to say, like, these are some of my favorite Flansburg lyrics recently that I've, I've discovered. Mm. Um, and I really only came to that 
you know, opinion from just preparing for this episode and reading them a lot. There's like this sadness to it. And There's a sincerity in this one. The other thing it says, she saw my righteousness and sense of indignation. To me, it could almost be she saw through my righteousness mm-hmm. or she, she thought my right. I don't know. It's hard to tell what he's saying in that second verse. She thought my righteousness. And sense of indignation, she says that all men must read a Jackie Carlson in her bed. That was exaggeration in her bed. Was an exploding invitation. Was an exploding invitation. So the second verse, he says... She said that all men must read a Jackie Collins in her bed or whatever. Uh-huh. So Jackie Collins is a novelist, and I was trying to kind of pinpoint a why. A bad one, right? Oh, I don't know. I've never read her stuff, but Isn't I did she read kind of hacky. I did read a scathing article about her. Um, so her book that was really huge in the mid '80s, mm-hmm. which is why I'm I'm assuming it's on his radar. Writing mm-hmm. the song from the '80s is called Hollywood Wives, mm-hmm. and it was made into a TV movie. Hollywood, the town where no one says no. I'm just trying to get all the gusto that I can. Loving wives. Ross and I do not fool around. Why do you always make me feel like I'm an intrusion? It's the legacy of the Hollywood wife. You're supposed to feel flattered. Just one big happy family. A world ruled by desire. Hard as a rock. Where anything goes. You better get some control over your wife. The intimate world of Jackie Collins' Hollywood Wives. It's kind of interesting. So like Hollywood Wives, you know, is is the book and it's about a bunch of different like women in Hollywood and there's a lot of like seedy shit going on. Yeah, isn't it like sex a, and drugs isn't and it trashy? Trashy, trash and Isn't she a trash novelist? Yeah, I guess that's one way to put you it. You know, a trash bag. That's the kindest way you could put it. I just called her a trash so bag. I, I, think, I don't I don't know anything about her. So I think it's interesting that this is, uh, this is part of the lyrics is that sh- like the girl he's with is saying all men should read Jackie Collins and maybe he like made fun of her and then mm-hmm. he felt bad and then he's like she said I was a toy and dropped me in the it seemed to me like what hits me about this song is it really does feel like you and your your like loved one not getting along or not really or like she's kind of psychoanalyzing you Mm because saying like she said i was a toy it's like it's like when your girlfriend is like you're just a like they sort of put you down or you know what i mean I will say one of the sexiest (laughs) TMBG lines is in her bed was an exploding invitation. Mm. That's some, that's some stormy pinkness there. If you know what I'm saying, Dave, (laughs) that might not be uh, sexy. I mean, I don't, it seems that seems like a very sexy. Yeah. (laughs) Exploding. Exploding is a sexual word. Yeah. But saying in your bed is an exploding invitation. Damn. Yeah, but I'm I'm seeing it a different way. All I had was an exploding invitation. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm seeing it sort of in a Looney Tunes I way. I think he's using... <laughs> when someone's like, you know, handing you a package, and yeah. it's like, oh, package for you, and it's a trick. Obviously, I was trying to find if exploding invitation is a thing. What I saw is, like, there's a lot of, like, Etsy things of, like, custom exploding invitations where you open it, and it's like, kind of like a pop-up book. It, like, uh-huh. turns into, like, this big floral thing or whatever. I could swear I saw in, like, some joke catalog when I was a kid really? that yeah. it was, like... You know, like joke gum or something. I, like it's I something you, that hurts you. I think you might be right. Um, but I, I think he's using it in multiple meanings. Sure. So I sure. think when you say in her bed was an exploding invitation, you're talking Listen, about some sexual honey, stuff. I wouldn't go into any bed that had anything exploding. I don't know who, what he wrote the song about or who he wrote the song about. All I'll say is it really reminds me of our interview we did a few episodes back. And if anyone wants to listen to that and put the pieces together, you can. But it, it really seems like it, he's... You mean with Bill Krause? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it really seems like he's kind of acknowledging his personality. Hmm. The, yeah, by the way, Dave, the, the idea of it being a prank is is making it make more sense to me than the other stuff. You're welcome. Because saying that if you're just like, you're this like, oh, I'm going to give someone this present of me because I'm uh-huh. so great, but that it explodes in their face. Right. It's like, oh, I, I thought I was this fun, exciting person, but all I was was an exaggeration of a person, and all I was was an exploding in their face. Oh, you're bumming me out. It's really sad. I think this is one of, you know, it's funny, when, when the song first came to light, and I, I listened, and I was really excited to listen to it, I was like, oh, okay, it was good. It's a good dial song. It's really grown on me. Like, I really like this song. I like it a lot more now, too, through talking with you. Yeah, and she, she saw, she understood my sorrow. It's a sad song, and it's funny, you know, the dial-a-song version will play the bridge, <laughs> but it's just Flansburg announcing I was going to say, that kind of undercuts it a bit. Yeah, yeah. Because um, then it's just like, come see us play <laughs> in the middle of this sad song. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hello, this is John of MIB Times. Thank you for calling our dial-a-song service. We'd like to remind you that we will have a new song sometime tomorrow, so please call back. And do tell your friends about the MIB Times dial-a-song. Come see us at the Village Gate, Friday in September, starting the 18th. Talk to you soon. Bye. And it also makes you wonder, like, was that the vocals for this song, like, part of that same run? Like, did he, hmm. like, are we just hearing him kind of, like, casually singing it and then well, saying the announcement? Yeah. The so other thing it sounds is, like it. Musically, you hear, like, another vocal. Do you hear that? It's like, it almost sounds like a woman singing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder if it is a woman singing or if it might be, it almost sounds like an effect on his voice, but it could be a woman singing. And then it's like this sad relationship ballad yeah. with him and this woman singing. Well, even if it is really him, effective, probably pretty uh, intentional choice to have it sound feminine. And over the phone, it's hard to tell, obviously. My left behind and understood my sorrow. She said that all the men must read a Jackie Collins. All I was was an exaggeration. Those big echoey drums mm. that set off the song kind of remind me of a puppet head. Yeah, maybe it's like the same sample. I again with with dial a song, it's like hard to it's hard to hear specific things in songs, but then when you do, it gives you an idea of what it must sound like for real. Yeah. If you were to and th- those song, those giant echoey big drum hits. I also think it's interesting to do like this gentle ballad, but have these giant heavy right. drum hits in it, and even a little bit of the pattern. Maybe it was a precursor to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, so we didn't really mention the the beginning is backwards. I don't know why. Do you think it's like there's a thematic thing like with the relationship <laughs> going? No, you know what I mean. I don't mean I'm half yeah. kidding, but sort of serious. Possible. Like, the idea of just like he's like looking backwards on this time and right. blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It's it's an interesting choice. Probably not, but you never yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe just kind of maybe he just for a bunch of songs tried it and for that one it worked. I don't. Mm-hmm. Know. I'll just say that this is this is a kind of a a little gem a little lost gem that only recently and it's funny because i could see why that one person on the internet was like i really want to hear that song i'll never hear it again because it's one thing for these rare dial songs that are just like these super weird (laughs) funny songs like bread hair but to have this like ballad that's beautiful and the lyrics are really fascinating and to have that be a reject song is like wow what the hell well this could have been the next i've got a match I, I totally agree. Well, it's funny. It reminds me of No Answer, which is like this Linnell yeah, ballad that fans love. That might be one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Um, Haunting. It's super interesting. And I mean, it's it seems weird to say it's competent, but it's like it's a <laughs> solid 
ballad and it's like it's never shown up and i just think that's a backhanded I guess they compliment just, they <laughs> you're just, super competent so i think this song deserves a, a release and we are here to demand we're gonna boycott they might be giants until they put out this song we're gonna boycott them by constantly buying everything they do and talking about them for hours anyway so that was exploding invitation so next on the list so we're on list two Exploding Invitation, next on the list, Dave, right after Exploding Invitation, it was one of my favorite rare songs I'm excited to discuss with you, and it's called Half a Boy. So I'll play the version first that we all heard on, we all, <laughs> that America heard <laughs> on, a, on Dial a Song. Uh, when the Beatles came on Ed Sullivan yeah. as and, a nation. Yeah, so here's, here's some of that, and I, and I love this version. Half a boy and nothing else. Put me in the driver's seat. I want to make promises I can't keep. Half a boy and nothing else. You were once my sole desire. You could have built me up, but you made me lie to you. You never took me serious. And my heart betrays my every word. Now love's not for a while, fans thought this was called The Writings on the Wall. That's how it's written on the uh, Power of Dial-A-Song bootleg tape, mm-hmm. which um, really jumped out at me at the time as like, because again, kind of the same thing that we just talked about. Uh, Power of Dial-A-Song is a lot of weird songs. Yeah, It's like Haya and all these other weird little things. I find it hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then Writings is on the Wall as it was listed. And it's like, whoa, this is just a rock, great pop rock song with also similar to... Exploding the Nation, just like really solid, sad lyrics. I was going to say, they're, they're uh, of a kind. Yeah, nothing like quirky. And then um, when They Might Be Giants had their clock radio service, mm. which we've mentioned maybe once or twice, uh, they put on this version of it, and I'll play what that sounds like. Interesting. boy and nothing else put me in the driver's seat i want to make promises i can't keep half a boy and nothing else you were once my sole desire you could have built me up but you made me lie to you you never took me serious and my heart so i'm a little torn which one do you prefer well i know which one you like better (laughs) Yeah, so what, yeah, what are I think your I like the Dial-A-Song one better. Yeah, the phone one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've got drums. I assume there's like bass there. Like you can't hear everything because it's so badly recorded. But you've got Flansburg rocking on the, doing these stabs of the guitar right. chords, electric guitar. It's less dreamy and uh, ethereal. Yeah, and you've got the, this really interesting drums. It's like boop, 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 You know, it's That's like, them. It's like an interesting drum, uh, rhythm, drum rhythm happening, which mm. I, again is like the highlight of their 80s material when they do right. that. And, you know, but the clock radio version is, is definitely pretty. And I Dreamier. like, you can really hear the harmonies very yeah. clearly. Obviously it's, it's cleaned up. It's infinitely preferable in the sense that it's just like, it's a good quality recording. Sure. But man, I have to say, I was being a very greedy fan when the clock radio one was released. Cause I saw, I think I heard, I saw that fans started saying, oh my God, half a boy on clock radio. And in my mind, it was called writings on the wall. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, what was that song? And then I checked it out and I was like, oh, it's not the one I wanted to hear. Mm. Like, but it's almost weird. Like, I don't know what I'd prefer. 
Because this way we have two versions, which is more, but I almost- That's true. <laughs> but I almost prefer to that the one that showed up on Clock Radio was a good quality recording of the rock version. I can see how it keeps you up at night. It does. I think about this a lot because yeah. I really want a good quality version of the rock version. But, but I, I like both. There's also old posts from me on the old news group from the late 90s or whatever of me saying this is one of my favorite rare songs. Well, which one is it? Uh, <laughs> it's called Half a Boy. No, I'm saying you also said... Uh... Uh, the other one was oh, your bread favorite. hair. I think it's a perfect Linnell Flansburg uh, split single. <laughs> bread hair and half a boy would be a great. Uh, I'd, I'd take that vinyl. Okay. Let's talk about the song. Um, I've always thought this was like one of Flansburg's best songs. Also, um, it's kind of crazy. Lyrically or musically or both? Both, both. Yeah. Just a great song. I mean, it's almost not like a They Might Be Giant song at mm -hmm. all. <laughs> um, and I think the reason it doesn't seem like a They Might Be Giant song lyrically is because there's no nouns. Um, so follow me here. Okay. A lot of Flansburg's lyrics and Linnell's too, but you know, you know, they'll, they'll give you these weird... Um, settings and places and names okay and, you know so like let's say a song like um authenticity trip it's like i'm here in bubbles of t-neck uh -huh. and you, you got a place and then found fine of fighting him with a fountain pen, fountain and, pen yeah so what dance yeah up dance. what flansburg usually does it's like he'll have these like kind of breakup songs you know a lot of his songs are breakup songs but there's so many nouns and specificity to the lyrics it almost distracts you from the emotion in it and i think intentionally i see throws you off the scent a little bit yeah yeah and what you've got with half a boy is it's just feelings feelings it's just about how he's feeling the dirty only, ugly feelings the only, nothing more than <laughs> the only um the only noun in it really is he says the driver's seat, <laughs> but that's like, mm. could almost just be more a metaphor. I never thought about nouns before. Yeah. And he says my heart, but that's like such a typical love song noun. So yeah. it's not even very surprising. He does say jail, like wish I could be in jail. That's kind of different. So, so that's the first impression I get of the lyrics and how different it is. And I almost suspect maybe that's why they didn't stand by the song really and ever put it out or do maybe anything. Maybe he's like, this it. isn't uh TMBG. It's not interesting enough. No. And I'm quoting his, <laughs> my fake assumed version of his thoughts. Um, <laughs> we really don't know. For me, it's just like, well, look, it's just good song is a good song. You know, this is just great. Um, mm -hmm. I would like to hear your impression of, of the song and the lyrics and what's going on. Oh, but, uh, but we don't have time, unfortunately. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah, go, go, Dave. Blow our minds, Dave. Oh, Jesus Christ. Right now. <laughs> Well, you know, I like the terminology of half a boy. Yeah. Not half a man. Yeah, and nothing else. So yeah. it's really self-deprecating. You know, the the infantilization of the, the person in the song, I think, mm -hmm. is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, reminds me a lot of Date, Dayton. Date, it's, this and, uh, exploding Invitation and Half yikes. a Boy. It's funny. They're written next to each other on this list. Yeah. They're really similar. Yeah, they're really, yeah. I feel like they're both about being not mature enough in a relationship. Like when you're an exaggeration or when you're just acting like a boy who's, who's you know, someone wants to put you right. in the driver's seat, but you're not ready to you're do it. You're a little it. goddamn baby. You're just like kind of childish yeah. and i think being a boy is the worst thing you could be <laughs> i think a lot of this might like kind of open the door for a bunch of other flansburg songs we'll talk about in the future but i always thought these lyrics were like really um i don't know if it's, again we we can only assume it's 
who it's about. I to me, it seems like a personal song. I would know? agree, and, and I think it, it's very relatable, and maybe more relatable than a lot of their stuff. Yeah, in general. <laughs> which is why they're like, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why the it. cold feet mm-hmm. uh, comes from. Yeah, yeah. So half a boy, nothing else. I want to make promises I can't keep. This is all like what an immature person would do who's not ready for a relationship. You Frankly, know? the song's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. It's, it strikes a little too close to home. Like there's nothing funny about these these lyrics. You made me lie to you. That's such a great line. Like putting the uh, responsibility for your mm-hmm. toxic actions on somebody else. Like yes. oh, you did this because it's like you saw me as as a man, but I'm just really half a boy, and you made me trick you into thinking that I'm that I'm this mature person. And then, it's such a classic way to uh, mm-hmm. deflect negative behavior. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah. put it on the other person. And then the other thing is that the two choruses are opposites uh, sentiments, which is so freaking interesting to me. And it's like- Explain. It's, it's deep in a way that it's not like overly clever the way they might be giants. Song lyrics often are, it's more subtly clever. So the first chorus is, you never took me serious and my heart betrays my every word. Uh-huh. Now loves not only for the curious. I like that because normally you'd say like my words betray what my heart is feeling. Mm-hmm. But instead he's saying my heart betrays my every word. So he kind of flips that around. Then now loves not only for the curious, which is a curious line. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's, it's, I have to think about that. Mm. So then the second time the chorus happens, he says, you, you always took me serious and my heart conveyed my every word, which again, it'd be like your mouth conveys what your heart is yeah. feeling. Now love is only for the curious. I wish that I could land in jail. I wish that you could set my bail for me. You always took me serious and my heart conveyed my every word. Now love is only for the curious. I say the writing's on the wall, but you should know because you wrote it all. When you're in a relationship, it's like you do often feel opposite feelings about the same person from one day to the next or from one month or a year down the line. It's like, oh, like when we started, you never took me serious, but now you are always taking me serious. And now blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It's, I don't really know the the deep meaning of the song. I've done that in a few songs. Mm, Actually, I I really like that, uh, that style of writing where it's uh, changing every, every time it comes around. And sometimes you could do that with just one word. Yeah. I actually, I have a newer song I'm working on where Every time the chorus comes around, I just change one word till he changes the whole chorus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty clever. I do that in song lyrics too, because to me, one of the most fascinating things about like being a person is like contradictory. Oh, what now? Uh, You know, those things with like two arms and the weird things coming out of there. Uh, I really am. uh, I think I'm like obsessed with like contradictory nature. I always try to see like both sides of things. You should read Herman Hess. Herman's head? Herman Hesse. He's all about the duality of our human nature. I really liked him a lot when I was in college. Ah. So I put in a lot of my song lyrics. It's like self-contradicting statements where, where like one line, yeah, me too. one line later in the song completely invalidates a line earlier in the song. And I think that's like super interesting because that's well, what to me is area. realistic. Yeah. Life's, uh, life's not black and white. Yeah. So then you say the writing's on the wall. Well, I should know because I wrote it all. We should talk about the hook of the song. Writings on the wall just means like there's this obvious thing happening that we're not acknowledging, right? Is that basically what that means? I didn't even look that up, people. Wow. (laughs) Um, I feel like what that means is like a breakup, right? (laughs) Like a breakup is inevitable and you should know because 
Well, see, then there's another opposite. In the first time, he says, I should know because I wrote it all. And then in the second time, he says, you should know because you wrote it all. I think both these people have some problems in this relationship, and (laughs) Mm. maybe they're not bringing their A-game to the table. We're going to start a podcast where we act as like marriage counselors for song lyrics. So yeah, you say the writings on the wall means like you're saying it's obvious we should break up. But then possibly in the second part, it's almost like the person he's with has come around because now she now she's always taking him seriously and now blah, blah, mm. blah. But now he's saying the writing's on the wall. You should It's like it's almost like the the 96 tears lyrics uh, where he's like, yeah, uh, well, I'm going to get you back and then I'm going to dump you. Ha ha. You know, maybe it's some of that is playing into it. I don't know. Pretty good song. Which one? Both. Yeah. All songs. Every song is good. Every song is great. These are definitely like lyrics that demand a second look. Yeah, and I still feel like I haven't totally cracked them, and yeah. I might never. Um, but it's also like it's it's one of those things where the music feels like the lyrics, <laughs> which some of their songs don't really do. Mm-hmm. Another interesting lyric, uh, I wish that I could land in jail. I wish that you could set my bail for me. Mm-hmm. Kind of jumps out at me now. Is like It's like if you're this immature person that your girlfriend is constantly like... It's kind of like all the lazy boyfriends, which is a song I don't like. But uh, it's kind of like that idea of like, I wish that you could save me from being this irresponsible fuck up who's just like constantly getting in trouble. So it's like, I wish, but saying that you want that, like, I wish that I could land in jail so that you could set the bail for me so that you could help me out. Right. It's saying that it it wants, again, it wants to put the responsibility on the other person. Yeah. Damn. So this is such a great song. Because if they were never in jail in the first place, you know, the, the person... There's nothing to save. Yes, exactly. Half a boy and nothing else. Put me in the driver's seat. I want to make promises I can't keep. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really mostly it for this song. It's just, I feel like it's a really solid song. Man, add a bridge, add, you know, add another 30 seconds. It's Dust a great, it off, it's put like it a on single. the next album. Give yourselves a break this year, guys. Just <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I feel, I honestly Take feel that vacay. they should. And I honestly thought that they were going to do that when they started doing that yeah, with yeah. Um, Summer Breeze. And we love all the people or a rock show, they call, rock club, they called it. Um, I was and like, oh my God, bunch of new stuff. is this like a new era of them? Like maybe like a third of the year will be these rare songs yeah. reworked and then nope. And this would have been a great contender. I guess when that. you're such a workhorse like that, you don't have, you just don't look back. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's all I do is look back. No, me too. I think it's yeah. very unhealthy. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I don't know. Stuck in the past. I just have a lot of unfinished projects and ideas that I just don't want to abandon, you know? Sure. On that somber note, let's go uh, back to the list. So we've got uh, Half a Boy and then Birdhouse, which is interesting because this is from the, the 80s, this list. Probably that totally different version of it. Yeah, Birdhouse, Shoehorn with Teeth, Sally Boy again, Where Your Eyes Don't Go. And then we are stepping on the gas. We're pulling the lever. We're pushing the lever because I pulled it so many times. Now it has to be pushed. And we're up oh, to... that's a thinker. What it says on the list is brainwashing, yes. which we can only assume is referring to a dial a song Bangs. favorite, brainwashing our fighting boys. I like this one. Somebody's been brainwashing our fighting boys. Somebody's been deprogramming them so they won't fight anymore. They're searching for the missing chimp, but they won't find him. The missing chimp is throwing gimp with me. He won't bite because somebody's been brainwashing our fighting boys. Somebody's been 
Okay, brainwashing our fighting voice. That's Dave a, was dancing. I was. <laughs> I was. We we listened to the song before talking about it, and Dave was doing some moves. He really yeah. he really got the song down. Yeah, it's all weird. The timing is very strange in this song. Well, this is one that I don't know. I've just had for a while. I, I mean, obviously mm. from you. Has this been ever present in your it's, consciousness? Yeah, it's been playing in in uh, the old shuffle there. I do like when they talk on occasion about. You know, things like the army and war and outward stuff, not inward stuff. You know, personally, on a personal level, they're very political. They tweet a yeah, lot of yeah. po- well, political... Well, Flansburg. Flansburg, yeah, that's right. We're not sure about Linnell. I don't yeah. think he's really... But, like, uh, I, I do appreciate that the, it doesn't go into the songs too much because I would personally find that a little distracting and a little not the spirit of the band. Sure. But when it does, they do it in an interesting way where I'm totally on board. This is a good example. It's kind of like a Twilight Zone kind of song where it's like, imagine a world where we were mad that the armies were being brainwashed (laughs) into uh, being loving and kind to others. Well, it's almost like, you know, what if no one showed up for the war? Yeah, yeah, think about that, people. What what would happen? No more wars. Wouldn't make a sound. You're you're, um, historically very pro-war, right, George? Oh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) kill them all. Yeah. Let God sort it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so brainwashing our fighting boys. Dave, what, what do you think about the song musically? I think it's a, a laugh riot. <laughs> I, I think it's a, there's a lot going on there. It's like a fucking punk song. Oh, kind it's of. It's hip I and mean, happening. Well, I, I wouldn't mean, say that. But. Well, the, the the timing is weird, but it's got these, he's kind of like thrashing around. You know, like I could, the vocal performance is very impassioned, especially mm. for dial a song. You know, usually it's a little more like, you know, you kind of see them hunching into a microphone and doing a weird voice. It's a spirit. He's really singing. Yeah, he's really singing this song, and it's really exciting. And I hear the guitar go, the pacing or the tempo is a little, you know, it's it's yeah. not. I'm not saying that's punk, but I could see it being like kind of a punky song. That's all I meant. I'm sorry. <laughs> you should be. Um, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I think maybe the keyboard and horn samples is what would make it not that. Funky. <laughs> yeah. I love the arrangement though. And th- again, the fact that these dial- dial a songs, there's drums, there's bass, there's keyboards, there's guitars. Yeah. These are full, full band songs. These are what you call instruments. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about some of the lyrics a little. They're searching for the missing chimp, but they won't find him. The missing chimp is sewing gimp with me. Now I don't understand this. Okay, Dave. Uh, so maybe you gimp, can. Well, I know what a gimp is. (laughs) Maybe not in that sense. Okay, the gimp that they're referring to, sewing gimp, me, it's like it's basically it's like embroidery. Wow. So the idea is, what's the opposite of war? It's people sitting around a pond sewing embroidery, (laughs) which is what the song is saying. Okay, that makes a lot. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I I was just thinking like Pulp Fiction gimp. No, no, no. (laughs) That's what that was my first thought too. I'm sorry. I'm very uh, uneducated. I thought it was a guy just dressed it in black leather sewing. So each verse has like the narrator and this chimp doing very now. like peaceful activities, which is like not a right. war. Well, like the missing the chimp, war. instead of saying the missing link. Yes. In, yeah. There's a lot going on with these lyrics. They're, say, they're say. searching for the missing chimp. I assume it's like an experimental chimp where they're like trying to experiment on the brainwashing. You know, well, I think so it's a, yeah, it's a pun and uh, 
an actual experiment. Yeah, so it's like the government has, it's like sending chimps into space or mm-hmm. whatever. It's like the government is like- There's our te- a we, test subject. Yeah, test subject. So the, the, they're searching for this chimp, but this chimp is, this is, by the way, this is what I meant by nouns and Flansburg's lyrics usually. Wow, very astute. Um, the missing chimp is sewing gimp with me. He won't fight because somebody's been brainwashing our fighting boys. Now I have to say, I'm not clear on if the narrator is happy about this. At yeah. first I thought he wasn't, but if he's, hiding out this chimp and trying to protect the chimp yeah. who won't fight like maybe or maybe he's maybe he's protecting him but overall he's being like I don't want them to do these experiments because it's bad that they're brainwashing our fighting boys is this getting too confused I think the narrator is pro war okay that's what I sure. that's what I thought too but he is protecting this chimp in a very cute way maybe that's his uh, ace in the hole the guitar sound in Brainwashing, I really love. I think it's it's got that hard gate effect, like they is famous in Anna Ng and mm-hmm. other songs of theirs. Because if you listen, it's like, it just like stops so suddenly. Right. So it's like you've got the vocals are very heavily reverbed, but the guitar is like literally no lingering at all, which I think is an interesting aesthetic choice. And it also works for the phone because you can hear things really clearly. Do you think they did that because it signifies the end of war? Yes. They won't fight anymore. Oh, this nation stands. Oh, with the dawn of the A little extra dangling in the pond. It's big toe. Let's talk about the second verse uh, because I do have an issue with the lyrics on the, the wiki. Oh, shit. So the lyrics on the wiki, I think, are wrong for the second part. So I believe the lyrics say, This nation stands with its arms akimbo. Our little legs are dangling. In the pond, it's big toe. Yeah, that's or what I his heard. big toe. That's what yeah. I heard too. So the wiki has has something different. It's maybe a pond. maybe so, yeah, it's not it's that's not it. So little so dangling your your legs into a pond is like again a very relaxing Yeah, like Kermit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're kind of hanging out in this like summer house. They're him and the chimp are our little, by the way, this is the lyrics are weirdly cute. Our little legs are, <laughs> our little legs are dangling. Also, it's kind of a, a phrase as to saying like dipping a toe in means you're like, care- let's, let's try out this no war thing. Yeah, you're like carefully seeing if something will work, right? Um, I had that theory about when the Pixies put out their first new album and they there's a song another toe in the ocean. I thought it was flank Frank, flank flank black flank Breck being like. You know, I'm gonna try this again. Yeah, and I'm gonna do right. one little step at a time. You know, though I think someone, I think fans thought it was about like alcoholism or something, <laughs> which it might be. Oh, isn't everything? But um, so this nation stands with its arms akimbo is an interesting line. Do you know what that means, Dan? Uh, Dan? <laughs> Dave. I'm Dave. Yeah. Arms akimbo is arms. Dan is our third host who just never says anything. Arms akimbo is arms, you know, at your sides. Yeah, so they're kind of impatient, right? Yeah. You're like, or like a chastising, right? Mm-hmm. Or like an authority figure, or like it's almost like what a mom would do, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But so this nation stands with its arms at its side, being like, "What's going on?" Right. Kind of like looking at your watch almost, and like while they're while this nation is waiting in a scolding, fashion. their little legs are dangling in this pond, and they're just having a peaceful time sewing an embroidery. So they're saying they're waiting for the industrial war complex to start up again because yes. it's good for business, Jordan. Yeah, don't get Dave started on this. I, I am uh, against war. Mm-hmm. What is it good for? I've always thought that. What is it good yeah. for? What do you What do you think it's good for? Um, making money. <laughs> I was going to say Prof- absolutely nothing. Profiting. So then we've got this crazy bridge. Yeah. Um, let's listen to this bridge, uh, Dave. Here we go, folks. Hey, 
I just want to say, I can't tell if the timing is bizarre because of like the phone recording mm-hmm. or, or the answering machine tape was skipping or if that's just <laughs> the song. What a delightful melody. Yeah. You also hear these like furious like little kick drums or something. <laughs> like, I want to hear this in, in high fidelity or medium fidelity. <laughs> How about <laughs> low fidelity would be higher than this? That would be really Let's call it low to medium. It's a great bridge. It's all worked. I don't know if that's a guitar or a synth or what the hell's going on there. I think that's a synth. Yeah. And then we've got the last verse, forced to live in a land of love. <laughs> It's funny. It's a funny song. Maybe they thought it was too on the nose for their typical mm-hmm. lyrics. So they didn't, I don't know why it never went anywhere. Too on the nose. I don't think so. Yeah. Cause we've been analyzing yeah, it for 20 minutes. We had to break it apart quite a bit. I think. Contrary to what I was saying before, it might be bad to be forced to live in a land of love. I think forcing anything is, yeah. is bad. I, mean, I, I don't want people to be too lovey. Not good to force things. I mean, it should be like a natural extension of what people want. I retain my autonomy on how much love I am forced. Yeah. <laughs> Though I guess it's like if people want bad things, how do you stop that without forcing it? I don't know. Well, the second hour will be uh, we'll yeah, solve yeah, all the all our problems political podcast. Yeah. I forgot to mention this. I Wouldn't Be Mad is also on that t-shirt. That song t-shirt. Oh, really? Yeah, is that crazy? That's not even one anyone's ever heard. So that's the list, everyone. Holy shit. Wow. Um, I'll say the rest of the list is not as exciting, though. I'll I'll finish it out because you're probably all wondering what else on there says. Lie still. Peace, oh, dirt. (laughs) Which is kind of funny. No F. No F. Uh, Kiss me, son of God. Girl from Venus. Yeah. Uh, which we mentioned with Bill. Bill was like, I didn't know it was named that. Um, Snowball in Hell, I've Got a Match, Cowtown, Mr. Me, Hi, We're the Replacements, and They Might Be Giants, the song again. A fitting last song for this list. A great, uh, these lists are great. I'm going to post them on our Twitter. And before we move on, let's go into your favorite part of the show and mine. And Dave's Letterbox. Letterbox. I'll never know what you find when you open up your Letterbox. Letterbox is when we, you know, Dave, some people don't know this. Some some foolish fools, <laughs> fools out there. Letterbox from is when the we, Fool Factory. From, we answer emails from the Fool Factory, uh, which are you guys, and <laughs> you 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 email us at don'tletstartpodcast at gmail dot com, and we uh, sometimes we reply back personally. Yeah, um, very personally. Always good to get emails, even if we don't read them on air. That's true. Uh, if we don't read your email on air, it's because we have too many to read, yeah. and that's really all there is to it. So here we go. First, first letter, letter, letter box. in the letter box. In the box. The first email is from his name's Jordan. Um, How does that make you feel? It, is it me? No, it's someone else named Jordan, and I won't say their full name. But he asks if there's any "They Might Be Giant" songs that we skip. When you're listening on your old iPod or your old Discman, do you press the skip button, Dave? Dave, have you or have you <laughs> ever been a skipper? So, yeah, I don't generally skip anything. Truth be told, once in a while I will skip maybe like the hits because I've heard them just too many times. Mm. Um, but then sometimes I'll go back to them, you know, with a new appreciation. So for a while I was skipping uh, Particle Man, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, the other one, Istanbul. Istanbul, yeah. <laughs> um, but then every once in a while, I'll listen to them again. 
Anyway, just mostly because I've heard them too many times, but have yeah. you ever skipped anything well, on those albums? I'm afraid my answer would also be Particle Man okay. <laughs> and Istanbul, actually, um, now that I'm thinking about it. I do skip school children singing Particle Man also. So Particle yeah. Man, we're, you're two for two. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What other They Might Be Giant songs do I skip? This is such a negative uh, topic, but I understand it. It's not like I, like Istanbul, for example. I mean, we'll talk yeah. about that later. I mean, it's certainly a great production and stuff. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's just Jesus. How many times can you hear right. that one song? I mean, I never listen to Enter Sandman anymore. So, <laughs> like, I'm. <laughs> I always skip Enter Sandman. I just kind of hate that song now. Um, well, let's see, what else would I skip? You know, on the B-sides, I don't really listen to the, the remixes, <laughs> the, uh, the S-E-X-X-Y microwave remix, or do you know what I'm talking about? No. It's like nine minutes long, and it's like a club version of S-E-X-X-Y. Mm. I remember when I got that CD5, they call it, uh, I'd have it in my old, uh, stereo, my little disc player, and I listened to it a few times, and then I, I stopped. I stopped listening to it. As for other songs we skip, I feel like we're, we'd rather get to that when, you know, or we'll, songs that we're not crazy about, maybe we'll get to that in the we'll, future. We'll dance around it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 around we'll get there. But I think we've sufficiently answered this letter from the letterbox. And now, Dave, what is the second letter from the letterbox? <laughs> okay, so our friend Daniel. Daniel. So Daniel said... He had an email with a topic that said fake out possibilities when we were talking about fake out in Buenos Aires. Mm -hmm. And he said, maybe fake TV equals MTV. Yes. And I think he's right. I really, yeah. I really thought that was, I, I kind of slapped my head a bit because I'm like, I can't believe we didn't think of that. Mm -hmm. um, which when we get emails that make me do that, it makes me a little sad <laughs> and frustrated, but also it yeah. is good because we're getting closer to, we're getting closer to the answers. Yeah. Um, fake TV. I can definitely see him. It's a play on MTV, mm -hmm. especially at that time. So I, I'd consider that a great email from Daniel. I almost said Dave from Daniel. <laughs> I do too. If I can be contrarian just for one second though, What's exactly fake about MTV? I mean, uh, everybody Dude. that made the music videos at that time were real people, and they did real uh, yeah, music. Yeah, do, do you think the? Do you think in like 1985 they were like MTV doesn't show videos anymore? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or do you think it's just the idea that um, is getting too commercialized, and what people looked like was going to be important, and it shouldn't be? And I mean, also comparatively, I mean, what a what a golden age to actually be listening uh, and looking at music videos. Yeah, I mean, like Talking Heads and Devo, lots of cool, fun stuff. You know, also like there was still mainstream stuff that was probably pretty cheesy though. MTV was very. Good good to they might be giants too yes they were so so what the hell guys why are you got to shit on so de declaratively <laughs> on mtv so now i don't know yeah and that kind of undid the whole email okay the next email that i thought was kind of interesting because it's something i did request people email me about from ryan he was comparing the lincoln remaster with the original copies and i i was curious about that one thing that, that was interesting he said the one major difference is the fade out in anna ing he says it's oh. more gradual you can hear the repeated choruses clearly without having to turn the volume way up and he says he he likes that i didn't know we had that technology yeah, um, I actually do think that's interesting, and I wonder if that's an intentional uh, difference or if that just sort of happened because of current mastering is, is louder, you know? So I could see that being just sort of a thing that happens because the overall volume is louder, mm -hmm. and maybe it kind of trickled into the fade-outs. I don't know, but that's cool. Thank you for telling us that. Dave? Somebody named James wrote in 
and he had some words to tell us about Weep Day. Now, can we trust this guy? No. <laughs> okay. So James says, had to email about Weep Day. I used to own the Bob Dylan record they are referencing. Hold, hold the, the what? This is, this is big news. So. If true. If true. Used to work in a record store in London, and people would send in their record collections, and occasionally bootleg albums would slip through the cracks and end up in the shop. As we weren't legally allowed to sell the bootlegs, the staff would get to take them home gratis. That means free. I remember picking up a few Italian Bob Dylan bootlegs, one of which had a whole bunch of tracks spelled wrong. Example of which, Lay Down Your Weary Tune, was listed as Lady Down you, Your Wirt Tune. I like that better. That seems more like a real Bob Dylan lyric, yeah. the second one. <laughs> Lady Down Your Weary Tune. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> were they transcribing from hearing? Yeah. yeah, I guess they were. I have managed to find some of these Italian bootlegs on Discogs, but haven't been able to locate the Weep Day one. Haven't been able yeah. to locate Highly suspect. the Weep Day one. <laughs> but I know for a fact it existed, as a copy did briefly belong to me. Well, you know what they say about facts. <laughs> They're useless. We've all, we've all got one yeah. in our butts. <laughs> so, okay. We're so, circling around having evidence. Yeah, this person claims it's an Italian bootleg. Now, would he got it in London. Do you think it's plausible that that would have made its way all the way to Manhattan for John and John to grab? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Dave. Anything's possible these days. So, okay, guys, you, you have that now. If anyone wants yes. to get us a picture of this Italian bootleg that had misspellings. Misspelled. Now, Mr. <laughs> Tambourine Man, as they describe it, wouldn't have been misspelled. It was would just have been hyphenated. Yeah. So this is also why I'm not sure I, I buy this. But I'm very excited that people are, are investigating this, and I'm, I want to hear more. And thank you. Thank you, James. So then we have another email from Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Now you um, might say it's not fair he gets two, but you know what? It's our show. Daniel says he has no memory. No, he says he has absolutely no memory of trying to convince anyone that They Might Be Giants was worth listening to because of swing is a word. It's not a song I can <laughs> say I even think about ever. This is hilarious because me and Dave both remembered Daniel <laughs> trying to convince someone who, in my mind, would, would never like They Might Be Giants, based on knowing her and the music she likes, that they're worth listening to because of swing is a word. Well, I'll say this because I want to respect him uh, not having any memory of this. <laughs> if, he, if it wasn't about him convincing someone that they were a good band. Mm -hmm. I 100% remember him at least singing along to swing as a word and snapping his fingers and acting like a weirdo. Yeah, yeah, me too. Okay, so we both... But I, I remember very clearly yeah. the, 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 whole, the whole exchange. Okay, well, Daniel... <laughs> well, I don't think Dan, Daniel wasn't saying it didn't happen. He just said he didn't remember it. Oh, yeah, We're being yeah, very yeah. defensive. But Daniel, you should remember things better. So, next letter in the motherfucking letterbox. I love this letterbox. Yeah. It's so full of letters. Dave. You know there's a letterbox in my building. It says letterbox. I Holy keep, shit. I keep meaning to take a picture. It's one of those old-fashioned, like, from, like, the 30s or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Mark, Mark wrote in and said there was, at one time, a location in Boston called Mount Hordom. Whoa! Uh, which was essentially a mountain of prostitutes. Whoa! <laughs> now, you think it was a mountain made up of prostitutes? In like, a mountain like shape? A, like <laughs> a Lovecraftian monster? Yeah. Yes. Um, or what you can assume just a mountain that prostitutes resided on, uh, which has since been leveled. Hopefully, the ladies made it off the mountain first. That's, and what, is, the, that's what Mark says. And uh, Yes, his joke. And 
is now one of the fanciest parts of Boston. Okay, so let's back up a bit. So Mark Whores is are Mark is supposing that they got the phrase whoredom from a, a place called Mount Hordom in Massachusetts, where John My kind John of mountain, Jordan grew up. And you know what I'm saying? It was a mountain of prostitutes. Now what what is that? Like a, like I a really settlement. do so they're like tents and stuff. I'm assu- I'm picturing tents on a mountain. Uh, they could be tents. <laughs> Welcome to Boston's History in a Minute. I'm Brooke, and today I'm in Beacon Hill on Mount Vernon Street. While being one of the most prestigious streets in Boston today, Mount Vernon had a very different reputation in the 18th century. Both Bostonians and visiting British soldiers referred to this area as Mount Whoredom. The name was apt because prostitutes were known to peddle their services on the west side of Beacon Hill. Around this time, the street was named Mount Vernon after George Washington's residence and became a fashionable place to live for the genteel of Boston, including Harrison Gray Otis and Robert Frost. From dodgy Mount Hordom to ritzy Mount Vernon, this street has come a long way. This might be a huge deal. I want to thank Mark for, the, for this email. Mark spelled M-A-R-C. Um, I want to thank him because this is the kind of stuff that is mind-blowing to, to me, you know, to find these obscure things that could have inspired them. And now I'm off to find Mount Hordom. Yeah, there he goes. There Dave goes. Those are my little feet. Yep. And so the next email in the email box is from Jeff, G-E-O-F-F. And I really love Spells Jeff. I love this email too. Uh, so he he says he talks about when we were discussing the line "You want it when" in Snowball and Hell, and he linked me to a image of a cartoon guy laughing, a little naked man laughing with the words "You want it when," and he said. The above is a frequently reproduced cubicle humor poster along the lines of the classic hang in there, baby. And you don't have to be crazy to work here, but it helps. That was popular in the 70s and 80s. Its origins are mysterious, but the sources I found discussing it almost all describe it as being ubiquitous in offices at that time. Given the time frame and the song's subject matter, I think it's likely this is what's being referenced. I agree. I want to thank Jeff. This is another classic letterbox letter where he shed some light on this thing. I, you know, honestly, I feel like even back in the Lincoln episode days, I wasn't as obsessively researching every mm-hmm. single line in the song the way I do now. This is something I definitely have heard of before, but for some whatever reason didn't come to my mind when we were talking about it. But I've seen that image. Yeah, yeah. This is this is clearly the, a cubicle kind of thingy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really glad Jeff, Jeff told us about this. And we will post a picture of this on the Twitter. Our Twitter is at Don't Let's Pod. P-O-D. And Dave, do you want to talk about the final email? Okay, Ryan says, this is perhaps the most ambitious email you've ever received. And I concur. As I will now attempt to combine the letterbox segment with the unrelated thing. Unrelated thing. I was thinking of an unrelated letterbox. I think you're both very good hosts. Thank you. And I've enjoyed learning more about you, even in ways devoid of TMBG. So my question is... Dave and Jordan. Wait, wait, wait. I want to pause it there a second. Even in ways devoid of DMG, what do you think he's referring to? Um, like your shingles or my... <laughs> I would assume. My dating, that, horrible dating life. <laughs> the shingles was, you know, I mean, that was podcast gold. That was... Mm-hmm. So he says, what is one movie, one TV show, and one game that you like a lot? Doesn't necessarily have to be your favorite. <laughs> I like that. 
<laughs> that you <laughs> takes like. Takes the pressure off. <laughs> uh, as I know that it's a difficult question to answer. So we already said the movie one. Yes, we did. Episode. We did an unrelated thing, yes. movie thing. I'm so perfectly happy naming another just, movie. Just to recap that. Mine was True Stories, a film by David yeah. Byrne, which recently came out on Criterion Blu-ray and looks beautiful. And um, mine is Big Trouble in Little China because it's just the best movie that was ever made. Dave, give me a little Big <laughs> Trouble. Good soundtrack. <laughs> Come on. In Little China. <laughs> okay. That's uh, a, that, tic- uh, that tickles me. And that's uh, John Carpenter, so yeah. who also wrote the theme to Halloween and There's is, a really, is no stranger to writing soundtracks. Since we're in the Unrelated Things segment, I feel free to talk about this for a minute. There's a really funny... Someone put the music video on YouTube of Big Trouble in Little China, mm-hmm. and I always laugh at the description of it, uh-huh. which is some very editorializing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a facts-based thing. <laughs> So the the only like way to <laughs> the, the only way to see this video on YouTube at least for for like okay so this was put up 12 years ago. So this is pre Big Trouble in Little China like kind of getting a big cult <laughs> resurgence with the comic books and the all that toys stuff. And the yeah, the toys. Um so the only way to see this video was to YouTube it and the description is this is John Carpenter's stupid ass band <laughs> doing a video for Big Trouble in Little China. Uh Jordan, how about Instead of a movie we talked about already, have you seen a movie recently that you liked? I keep a list of every movie I watch because I noticed a few years ago that I kept not remembering <laughs> movies that yeah. I that I really like. So I'm looking at my list. Um, I saw Cold War, which is a, a really great movie. What's great about it is it it really seems like a movie made in like the 60s. And Mm -hmm. it's new. And I kept being like throughout the movie, like, I can't believe this is a new movie, but it was a movie about, uh, it's a, it's a woman and a man and it's kind of a tragic love story and it's in Poland and sounds great. It's really, was really good. And I also recently saw, uh, I'll just say one more really quick personal shopper. It's a weird horror movie sort of, that's very interesting. And it, it, I still think about it. I watched it several months ago and it's still kind yeah, of... Yeah, you mentioned it in the Joshua Freed episode. I did, really? That's yeah. funny. Um, so it pops in my head a lot and I think it's it's well worth checking out because it's a, it's a horror movie that does what I think a horror movie should, which is it kind of kind of makes you... It stays in your head for a while. And that's, that's all I'm going to say about it because I don't think you should know anything that happens <laughs> in it. So Dave, what about you? Any recent uh, mo- movies <laughs> that you've seen? I saw Midsummer. Or Don't tell me about it. I haven't seen it yet. Or Midsommar. Yeah, how do you pronounce that fucking title? Midsommar. I love movies that are named in ways where when I'm buying a ticket at the box office, I don't know what how to say it. Like uh, Mission Impossible? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I saw that literally a few days ago, and uh, I don't go to the movies as much as you, but that was very good. Uh, I really loved his last movie, Hereditary. Hereditary is a movie I liked, mostly. Wow. And uh, I mean, especially what that was like his first movie, and you know, being a horror movie guy and everything. I this was, guy, what's his name? Uh, Ari Ast- Aster. Aster. Okay. Yeah, uh, I was very impressed by that. Midsummer was very good too. Maybe liked it slightly less. Still kind of letting it sink in, but definitely both uh, worth checking out. Not easy movies to watch. I'll say that they're easy for me. Dave's like shot. We were talking about Hereditary, and we're not going to spoil it. But like horrific, it's a horror movie, so yeah, hor- horrific things happen in it. And Dave's like, that didn't bother you, and I'm like, no. Nah. I want to say it's it's not necessarily like just the violence or the gore or anything like that, because you know whatever we watch like fucking Evil Dead and all these disgusting movies. We watched Bad Taste recently. We're no stranger to gore and. You 
you know, we love practical effects and all that kind of stuff, but it's like the way it's presented in this very sort of objective, hopeless way that makes it like realer and like a lot That's more the upsetting. world I live in, baby. Yeah. I love it. You know, like when something happens in like uh, Evil Dead 2, you're like, oh, it's over the top and silly and very gross, but fun. This is These are not fun movies, I would say. Yeah, I don't know. They're I, a little I had, oppressive. I had fun <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> it felt fun to be in that audience. But, you know, this isn't it. a horror podcast, so. No. But would you like we, us to have one? We Please t- <laughs> email us at Jordan and Dave's Spooky Stories. Spooky Ookies. Because we've been talking lately about, like, what scares us and different things scare us. So What scares me is not getting enough support for the podcast. So, okay, TV shows, you know, Dave knows me, a lot of people, John anyone watches a lot of TV. <laughs> anyone who knows me knows I'm, I watch a lot of TV. I can easily Too name much TV, a bunch of shows, both recent and not recent that I love. You know, I did a rewatch of Larry Sanders show. Uh, it never stops being amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes the last episode makes me cry like a little baby. Uh, One thing I was re- thinking about recently was the show Enlightened is an HBO show that got canceled way before its time. I don't know that. It stars Laura Dern and it's created by Mike White, who is like also involved in like freaks and geeks and stuff like that. And um, that's an amazing show. That's a show that's brutally hard to watch, <laughs> which I like. And it captures, you know, horrible interactions with people that make you very... Uh, like curb un- your enthusiasm. Kind of, but but not so funny. So I really like Enlightened. Uh, Better Call Saul is a newish one that I think is maybe oh, kind yeah. of... I feel like Better Call Saul is kind of... I'm going to use that one. Better Call Saul is great. <laughs> it's like kind of holding the mantle of like TV that I feel like isn't done as much lately, which is just like a really... It's smart, but it's very entertaining. So, you know... I almost think it's better than Breaking Bad and... In a way. I feel a little more emotionally involved in it than than Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is definitely a show where it was like everything was so... It was like on up to 10. Yeah, yeah. Right. Everything was so well-crafted and every... See, what I like about uh, Better Call Saul is like the stakes are smaller. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Everything in Breaking Bad was like life or death. This was just kind of like more existential stakes. Yeah, I I always... I've been saying that like I think Better Call Saul is like a little more... It's a little closer to Mad Men than Breaking Bad. It's kind of a mix. Like if those two shows had a baby, that's kind of what it would be like. to watch. Because a lot of of Better Call Saul's conflicts are about like selling your soul more than... I mean, it still has like hurting people and stuff, but it's really about just like how much of you is is the real you. It's disturbing to think about. I like Archer. Dave likes Archer. Archer is a great show. I enjoyed We Me. I watched Gravity Falls. That's a really solid cartoon. I like American. I like American Dad. (laughs) Really? Still holds up after all these years. Dave is always telling me how not bad American Dad is, and I refuse to believe it. I even say it's good. The opposite of not bad. So, yeah, there's a lot of shows I like. Uh, I think that's enough. Yeah, I I could literally name like 50 more, but I won't. Jordan watches every show. The last thing Ryan said was a favorite game. So I'm I'm wondering that's a very broad uh, Does he mean video game or any yeah. game? Could it be like tag? Yeah, the game of life. I I like Boulder Dash. I like Boggle. Bo- Boggle is just the only thing I use my phone for. I like games that stimulate my brain. We played Simpsons Trivia and I thought it was fun. <laughs> that was fun. You you put a DVD in and you like follow along the DVD and it's like it shows like blue hair and it's like which character is this and everyone has to yell it out 
If we're talking about video games, man, I mean, you know, I'm a big Mario guy. I'm not really into the elaborate, complex kind of games. But I got to say, the, the Arkham games, Arkham Asylum. Yeah, you like them it, Arkham It games. really, like, warped my mind. I started having dreams that I was in Arkham Asylum all the time. I would be walking down the street, and, like, my vision would get, like, blurry, and I would, I would like, see, like, Riddler trophies. Every, like, it's really weird how, how deeply it, like, it messed with my head. So, yeah, I, I guess I'd say Arkham Asylum was kind of, like, a perfect game to me. You did lend me um, Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah. Um. I like I like to play a fighting game mindlessly, just like any other Joe. Yeah, I bought m- all the Mortal Kombat games on eBay years ago, so that me and Dave would play them, and we we only did once. <laughs> <laughs> I love I fucking love Mario. I love all the Mario games. I haven't played some of them because I can't afford all the, those systems. But I loved uh, 3D World was amazing, and I actually really like the iPhone one. What is it, Mario Run or whatever? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was really good. That's like a clever game. It was, clever dynamic. It was okay, and then I'm like, I'm not paying 10 bucks for this thing. I paid the money, and I yeah. loved it. It was great. I will say this, though. As far as video games go, I played a lot more when I was younger. I was, I guess you could say, like, addicted to video games. And among those games were, like, the RPGs. I'm talking Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy. And I hate RPGs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried just going to gonna argue. I tried to play one or two, and it, I found it so frustrating that I had to stop. Well, like I said, I like things I have to think about, so... Thank you. Now we have an unrelated thing. Yeah, let's get out of the unrelated thing and letterbox segment and end the episode. Woo! I'll be thinking of an unrelated thing. So that's this episode. Thank you, everybody. Dave, do you like getting emails from people? Yeah, I love it. Um, if, if you want to make Dave as excited as he just was, yeah. email don'tletstartpodcast at gmail.com. That's pretty self-explanatory. And, and don't let's pod is the Twitter. We're going to post the, those lists and we're going to talk about them uh, with the fans on the Twitter. And remember to like and rate us on iTunes. Yeah, are you holding your phone right now or is your phone in your pocket? Just give us a five or on star. on your lap or on a table. What does it matter to you? Just click the little stars and you will be blessed. <laughs> and you could even write a review. Yeah, write a review, express yourself. So that's it, folks. Yeah. Thanks once again for joining us. So from all of us here at Don't Let's Start a Podcast about They Might Be Giants Land, this is Dave Fox. And Jordan Cooper. Signing off. I'm feeling a little little mellow, Dave. Why? why? Hey, man, just try your best. It's all that we've got. Half a boy and nothing else. Put me in that driver's seat. I want to make promises I can't keep. Half a boy and nothing else. I wish that I could land in jail. I wish that you could set my bail for me. You always took me serious. And my heart made my every word. Now love is only for the curious I say the writing's on the wall But you should know cause you wrote it all Half a boy, nothing else Put me in the driver's seat I wanna make promises I can't keep